0: Uh, and welcome back to i guess we're going to call this the stromcast down under in advance because this is where it will be published from henceforth um i'm joined here with logan and georgia today and we're going to talk various things bodybuilding i am thomas owner of uh strong sports nutrition down under uh previously known as the cape nutrition store logan is Bodybuilder since forever, been around the block a million times, and um, just fucking huge. Uh, and George has competed uh, a couple. You did a couple shows last year. Uh, well, yeah, it was it was around last year, November. And um, also, you're now taking on some coaching clients, and you're just you're just right in the mix of. Um, probably your bodybuilding kind of peak stage. Was that you you coming up to your glory days?
1: Yeah, once we make the comeback, eh?
0: Yeah. Um, Do you want to, Georgia, we could start with you briefly. Do you just want to tell people just a little bit about yourself, provide some context um, in, let's say, two minutes? And then we'll do the same for Logan.
1: Yeah, I guess my passion for bodybuilding started, like, when I was about 17. Um, So... Yeah, I did my first comp in 2020, and then I competed again last year in 2022. Um, that's in figure. First show I did bikini as well, just because I was advised to by um by my uncle. Um, and yeah, last year I just competed in figure. Um, didn't really go in there with any expectations. Just went in there knowing that I smashed my last package, which is. All that really mattered to me, um, but managed to win two overall. So that was pretty humbling um, and like just a real good kick in the ass to say, you've got some potential here, Georgia, like if you really want it, you just have to keep, keep striving and keep pushing yourself to, to improve and be better. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Thomas, um, just recently launched um, yeah, my online coaching business. I've just recently moved down to Christchurch here with my partner, Charles. You guys all know him, yeah. And obviously, huge shout out to Charles for actually, you know, connecting me with you, Thomas. Because I wouldn't have that connection, um, and yeah, actually, be a strong athlete um, with yeah side with yeah. the cave. So yeah, I'm really humbled and honoured to be a part of the team.
0: You said in a super casual way, but to take home two top overalls last year, going in that second show, that's pretty big deal. This early into Bodybuilding, right like it does show that mm-hmm. there's a little bit of um, step above the rest. It's not like there's no competition or anything.
1: Yeah, I think the competition here in New Zealand isn't that great, but
0: but it's the person that wins
1: always. Yeah, but it's a growing and it's good, especially yeah. figure. Like bikini's the the biggest category here in New Zealand. So to see some more figure girls, um, yeah, I was just up against like two girls in the Tournament of Champs show last year, and then back-to-back back a week later up in Auckland at our body of steel, and the um, competition pool was much larger, so it was good to put myself in a, you know, bigger bigger competition, and still manage to, to take it. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, and obviously,
1: sit. yeah, had a bit of a setback last year, but that's something we can touch, touch on later down the track, if you want to introduce yourself too, Logan.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, so, so, ora everyone. My name's Logan. Um, I've been well, competing for the better part of a decade now. Her show was back in 2013, back when I was 19. So 29 now. Um, not consistently every year, like you know, some years off here and there, uh, but always bodybuilding and always, you know, was training throughout that duration. Never really stopped. Um, you know, work obviously always would take priority over any. I guess, hobby, which I call bodybuilding a hobby for me, um, but thoroughly enjoy what I do, you know, training, just the aspect of always trying to better myself. I've always been a, an individual person, so you know, having to rely solely on myself for progression and whatever it is, is something that I take pride in and it makes me be more competitive. Because uh, you can only really beat yourself. I don't really look at anyone else. I just look at, okay, mm. where was I this time last year? Um, I actually posted some interesting photos the other day, which was quite a big shock to myself when you look at it and go, geez, 365 days later, it's a big change. Mm. Um, and it's only, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I can do more. And you just keep going. So, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I actually met Georgia back end of last year. Through our coach. um, And, you know, we've had a a very close relationship since then Um, and gone through, I would say, a lot, (laughs) especially through that December period, which we can touch on later. But, um, you know, it's it's exciting to me to see people like Georgia, who we've kind of lacked a lot of in this country. Um, She actually reminds me of a good friend of mine named Myra. Um, who was a, well, she's still a pro, but she was a a, a figure pro in New Zealand, probably the best we've had at the Olympia, um, and just has a lot of graft and works really, really hard. So it's it's such a carbon copy when you look at Georgia now and you go, geez, that's like Myra 10 years ago. Um, (laughs) And you see how far she went, which was straight to the Olympia and placing very well. So, you know, the... The ceiling is set for Georgia to smash it, and I know she will. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. I think, you know, people who listen last time know background of doing martial arts and everything like that, but it's kind of a sum of who I, who I am and what I've done so far.
0: Yeah, so we could chip in on that. So if someone is curious to know more about Logan, we, did, uh, we actually broke it into two episodes. So um, you can look into previous episodes, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. Do we want to crack in to uh, specifically some considerations around competing that maybe you do can chip in because there's a lot of combined experience here? Um, perhaps we could talk about the differences between uh, considerations between male and female in that prepping stage. So we're not at the competition yet, we're getting ready to compete and be mm-hmm. at our best.
3: Yeah. Do um, so you, you want to
0: go first, Georgia? sorry. here you go,
1: Angel. Oh, okay. So, obviously, males, they get a lot leaner to start, yeah. Just from, like, you know, who I've seen compete, like, Shane, Connor, obviously you, Logan, like, just the kind of level body fat that these guys are getting at is very, very low, you know, and, like, being a female, I couldn't even probably try to get that lean, you know? Even if I tried, I probably couldn't get that lean just because of the female body and the makeup and everything like that. Um, You know, females aren't made to to essentially get the way we are for a comp. Same with males, but yeah, just the kind of stress that it puts on a female as well. Um, I guess I learned that at such a young age because I lost my menstrual cycle when when I was around 17 just from overtraining at Manukura, Maori sports school that I went to um obviously severe calorie deficit got shredded got a six pack but that's kind of like all I was so yeah it was a big learning curve from there because obviously you both would know that when you're not you know when you're not don't have your menstrual cycle as a female that's gonna um impair your female hormones your uh, progesterone your estrogen and then obviously both of these hormones play with your bone bone health bone density um, and a lot of other factors with a female makeup, um so yeah i ended up with a stress fracture in my left foot my right foot can't remember um which actually put me out of playing like team sports out of playing rugby and stuff but i was pretty lucky that i could continue on with my bodybuilding journey because um you only have to walk on the treadmill with a steer master or something you know um but yeah i guess like my prep experiences um well i guess i'll touch on that um you know first prep kind of yeah definitely brought back some memories from from those experiences I had when I was like 17 but I'd say I didn't really get probably as lean as I was like but I had a bit more muscle so it wasn't until like I prepped last year where I got at lower body fats you could say and guess I really understood a bit more like the just what you go through in a prep like the suffering and, and everything like that but i guess for me like i was always wanting to push harder like it was always like to kind of let's eat less let's do more cardio he's like nah, we're in a good spot we're all good and i was like okay i'll just trust the process you know um but yeah like when you're when you're seeing these changes visually like every day i guess that's kind of what this adds that fuel to your fire like you are more not looking at it like i'm suffering it's like You actually embrace the suffering and you like want to achieve obviously greatness and and be the best that you can so i guess you know it's not hard to go the extra mile but um with like uh, male, sorry obviously like your mood you know you get hangry all of that jazz but um yeah like especially obviously charles doing it and being on prep now um yeah, like, he has mood swings, um, he gets hangry sometimes, and you yeah, have to be there, like, to support him, um, and...
0: Yeah, so what we could say is that there is a there's probably a bit more resistance on the female side in the sense that uh, it is pushing through um, some more normal physiological layers. In some ways, obviously, like, the males, that. Pushing to the absolute peak too, mm-hmm. um, but I could say j- just from the physiology side, uh, males are definitely like where it's we're more intention or uh, we're designed to go lower body fat a lot better. Um, yeah. yeah, our body will push back less um, to keep it on, whilst you're you're dealing with that to an extent. Logan, would you be able to chip in? Maybe it'd be almost interesting to think about percentage points of where mm-hmm. we we'll start to see the, like the really big resistance when your body's just like, I, I do not want to let go of this last bit of that. Um, probably from your
2: own personal though, because there is individual yeah. variance, of course. Yeah, there's definitely um variations. Like, I think where I could talk on what Georgia's experience in like females um estradiol obviously is always going to be higher for females and with estradiol being higher fat distribution is going to be higher especially you know through your breast tissue for your glutes for your legs that's naturally going to be there um so there's a hormonal factor that males although yes we do have estradiol in Mm. our body and we have a higher ratio of testosterone we don't have that that degree so that fat burning part is a little bit easier for males um, but there is like sticking points for everyone. So, you know, I think I'll talk through some of my experiences and we mentioned this off here, but you know, for me, it never, no prep is ever the same. It's always different. Um, You know, some years you will find that your activity is going to be really high and you have to do more. Some years it, you don't have to do anything at all. Like I've done preps when I've done 20 minutes of cardio three, four times a week. That's it. Not count steps and got ready, um, and then on the flip side, I've done two hours of cardio and eaten way less and struggled to get in shape. Um, where I think, you know, your sticking points are is, is certain body fat percentages. I don't really look at, like, get it measured or anything like that because I'm going for a visual look. Um, and you get to a point where you can't really read sites, like, unless you're getting a, a proper body fat test done, you're not really going to. That's
1: always an accurate, see- eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's
2: it's inaccurate. You know, you can down a whole bunch of water and have you know higher fluid intake between your skin, and you may jump up a few percent of body fat and be like, oh geez, what's happened? But it's just fluid. Um, so for me, you know, where I like to kind of start a prep would be around that twenty week mark, um, and reason being is that's just to clear out any of the Non adherence that I may have. So I may be having additional sources or additional cheat meals for a week, or, you know, I'm not regimented with my step intake every day. Um, so I'm trying to slowly ramp up and just get my adherence to a good level. And then that 16 week out mark, I should be at that point where I'm like, okay, steps are like, tracked every day. You know, my food intake is accurate. I'm not adding in additional things. And then, you know, that's that's kind of your measuring point. And every week, you know, you're trying to push and pull a bit. Um, I think people make a mistake where, you know, I've, I've helped people in the past. And, you know, even recently, a good friend of mine, they were on, you know, cl- close to 1,200 calories at 15 weeks oh. out from a show. And I'm like, geez, you know, yeah. what more can you do? You know, when when you're doing that and you're doing, you know, 15,000 steps and you're doing 40, 45 minutes of cardio, there's not much you can play with. So, you know, for me, it's like, exactly, exactly. So, you know, for me, it's like trying to have as many variables as you can, um, food relatively high, and then you can push and pull. Um, A great example, though, is like even this week for myself, um, I'm I'm in, you know, trying to get as lean as I can, and I'm at a point where I'm going, okay, today, Connor's like, okay, you're going to have around 8,000 calories uh, because we've been dropping weight every day over the week but it will reach a point where nothing will change and you know to release that stress factor and cortisol it's important to push back up in food um Mm. and and just get your your mood better and and uh you'll be able to push again so um there are many sticking points and you know you'll get to them but i think the best advice i can give to people when you get to that sticking point is not to just do more is sometimes just pull back a bit, mm. release some stress, have a deload week, or have a you know a week off of food. Like you can literally go okay, I'm gonna pull back on food a bit and you know reset things and then go again. Um, and that's where a lot of mistakes come, is they think it's just more, more, more. And you don't want to be, you know, two, three weeks out of of a show, absolutely exhausted, not being able to do anything because the look that you have on stage is going to be pretty bad you're going to be tired you're not going to be able to be at that that level that you want to be so that's just a little sum of kind of how I look at things um and you know again I think just get a good coach that can listen to you and you can work together and the plan that you can adhere to um you know no one should really sit there and be like geez I I hate this like I'm, I'm not enjoying this food I'm not enjoying the training I'm not enjoying anything like that's That's one, not a good coach or not a good plan. So,
0: so would you say just kind of summarizing that, um, pulling back and just removing some of the jargon there, um, your process is you're kind of having a step, you're trying to make a step of progress. And then when you hit that taper off point, acknowledging that we're not making as much progress anymore, easing it back. For a bit giving the body a break and then trying to push for another step and then in that manner you're kind of having a slowly
2: slowly progressing yeah and everyone everyone can be different though so like important factor for me and i know my body very well because i've been doing it for 10 years is my body can get away from me so you know to give you an example i've probably lost about six or seven kilos in the last three to four weeks um and if I keep going, I will keep losing weight too quickly, and then I'll start losing tissue and things like. That. So I have to be very mindful of like not going too too quickly and, and pulling back on that sense. But some people maybe I'm stuck, so then you need to pull back and and reset mm-hmm. from there. And it can just be you know reducing output and going okay, let's reduce steps, let, let's take away cardio, keep food the same, and then that stress will go away as well.
0: What you said that's kind of like the analogy of digging the hole and in your case you can dig the hole too deep and it's still digging great but you can't get yourself out of okay, it you know, yeah. yeah 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 so you got that's i guess the self-control and i assume that's why you both appreciate having the coach in yeah. there to help you because I, I noticed you mentioned that earlier too georgia like connor sometimes is holding you back when you're trying uh-huh. to push harder um do you yep. find the similar thing where you can dig yourself deeper than your body would actually recover
1: from? Or Definitely. Um, even just touching on, like, experience, like, um, so Charles came up to help me move down, um, and we had this brutal league session. Oh, it's probably got to be one of the hardest ones, probably maybe even harder than the one we had, Logan. Like, it was just <laughs> disgusting, like, and I knew that it wasn't going to be good for me. Like, I knew that it was too much volume. I'm only on volume two. Like, I just need to, you know, like, I'm coming back from a broken leg. Like, you know, I don't need, you know. But, you know, Charles is, you know, pushing me to do it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. We'll go hard. And then, you know, like, when you have, you know, the dieting factor in there, moving down to Christchurch and it being a lot colder, um, had no carbs for, like, a few days because I was running my low days. Um, it just puts your immune system at risk, eh? Okay? So I was, like, ridden off last week. Like, I was, yeah, really sick, and I haven't been that sick in a while because of, like, all of the health ups that I take. I Usually I'm, I'm, like, very healthy. So it was quite a weird one for me, but also a good learning curve. Like, actually, yeah, that was really detrimental. My legs were sore for days, um, probably a week yeah. up, you know? Yeah, which at
0: your guys' level, when you're training all the time, that's um, it's not a normal... It's going processing. to take away
1: from your progress. Like you know, you might feel, you know, I think we did twelve. Oh, I think there was about eighteen sets to failure, and about twelve of them were beyond failure. I think I worked up, so it was just, it was just nuts. Yep. It A was just, too much,
2: Georgia. <laughs> A too much.
1: Yeah. So that's why it's good to have Connor, you know, to pull yep. you back, especially on like prep, like before, and like even touching on like Charles this week. He's um, been finding like, too high protein in his diet. It's been causing him quite some bloating, as um, you already know, Thomas, because he's been in, um, touching base Yeah, we got the, digest about
0: max. That. got the Digest Max in the system.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, that one's really good. Um, so, yeah, like, and that was playing with his, you know, mind as well. Like, it's, yeah. you know, and then when you're bloated, your stress and inflammation's up, your body's not going to respond. You know, it's just it, his weight just went up. So what do you do from there? It's, it's not a matter of pushing more. It's not a matter of more cardio. I'm trying to tell them you actually need to step back and like, yeah, have a, have a high day, get your you know mind ready so that you can actually push harder again. You know, um, that's why yes, those high days can be so. quite good. Um, yeah. But yeah. And like adjusting his diet. So pulling protein down and increasing some fats on the rest day because we run um, quite low carb on our rest days so we can manipulate the carbs around training um yeah
0: so yeah i I guess that's a simple case of especially when you're you've done so much training and stuff it is listen to the reason of like hey you got warning signals going off that this is going to be too much actually listen to it rather (coughs) than pushing through um i think that relates to every sport and field either to be Mm -hmm. honest like athletes always have that trigger warning in the back of the head like oh something's gonna go wrong here but <laughs> you're at the like fuck it we're going in i want to go for the best and i think that's where almost like the mental strength can be uh a downside um it, you guys probably both know the david goggins sort of like his mentality he's he's destroying his body because his mental strength is way stronger than anybody's could ever be um wow. Mm -hmm. that's so would you say that's why having a coach is almost always required in that physique, like in the bodybuilding even if you really know what you're doing
2: just have that third party yeah like from my experience i think i i have that machine mentality like I'll, i'll literally do stairs and say to myself i'm a machine and i'll just keep going and going and going and you make emotional decisions which, you know, people will go, what do you mean by emotional decision? It's it's a reactive decision on how you look and what your your weight the scale saying. And you may just go, oh, because of this, I'm going to pull more food and I'm going to do more cardio and I'm going to train harder. I'm going to train longer. And you make these emotional reactions to what you should be doing. And it takes a really good coach to be able to understand, like a good trainer to understand themselves, to be able to coach themselves. I think the only one that I can say Um, internationally that is successful in coaching themselves is John Dewitt. And he's probably the smartest bodybuilder coach, period. Uh, You know, he does like bodybuilding university courses and things like that. And it's very interesting watching his approach, but he's so in tune with his body that he can do it. But all I'll say is you're not him. So, you know, it's better to, even if it's like, okay, I'll work with a, a partnership with someone where, you know, I'll say what I think I should do, and they can give their perspective, and you know, say, "Hey, look, maybe you should change this or do this." That's better than doing nothing. Yeah, that's my yeah my my perspective. And
0: yeah, I, I suppose so, because both of you do work with Connor too. Is that? Them, that is in some way that's his big role with you, um, Logan, Georgia. When you are doing stuff with Connor, <coughs> is he very much in that? just advisory role and you're kind of inputting out, or is it a little bit more um, him directing directing the system?
1: I'd say, yeah, definitely more him directing the system, but, like, he allows me to give my input, and, like, if I don't agree with what he does, like, with something, or I think, you know, um, something could be a bit better, then I will make that suggestion. Like, I'm not afraid to do that, because at the end of the day you know your body, you know, like Connor knows my body very well, but I do as well. Um, and yeah, I guess that's, yeah, he's definitely a coach for me. And then I can have, you know, I will reach out to Logan as well, you know, and ask him. Um, and he's a bit of a mentor in that sense as well. Um, and I won't just, you know, try and seek knowledge just from Connor. I'm open-minded to seek knowledge from other people and get their opinions as well Um, but obviously at the end of the day it's you know what Connor says goes and what we agree on goes because that's the coach
2: a great example of Connor is like I I messaged him yesterday morning and said this is my weight which I won't share but uh, and I said I feel like I need a a high day tomorrow and he said yeah you do Uh, give me a, a few hours I'll do your meals up and then he sent me through the high day uh, so that's you know me saying what I felt, and you know he he saw my mm. weight like I lost about a kilo and a half from Wednesday to Friday, so he was like, "Yeah, you need you need something." So that's yeah. um, and and George he'll be the same with George like George said this is what I'm feeling. He'll he'll make an adjustment based on you know what you're feeling internally and what you're seeing yourself.
1: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, and especially around. Like, I'm checking in the every fortnight at the moment, which is something that I'm probably wanting to change soon. Just with dieting down, you know, you need that attentive, you know, um, every week. But, um, you know, around my bodybuilding prep, you know, like, I remember I was like, I need to keep pushing. Like, I was doing my check-ins, and I was like, oh, like, I'm not posing right now. What's going on? But, like, my back was so depleted that there wasn't any, like, glycogen in my muscles. So then, you know, Colin has that knowledge and, like, actually yeah, you're flat you need a refeed so yeah same same
0: we could jump back into uh that almost chronological bit of history so you guys both talk about that leaks training session that you had a whole bunch um, <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's like the birth of my son a happy memory for you guys by the of um but it's a happy memory for me but anyway uh would you, do you want to talk a little bit on that? And I think one of the things is like, what, what made that such a sweet spot training? Like where it wasn't over the line, but it was right at that hard point because both of you guys like to train really hard. You like to push those limits. But then how are you, um, say, somewhat managing that pushing so that you get a sweet training, not a, I can't walk for a week, in, in an inappropriate way.
2: You want me to start?
0: Yeah, you go, Logan.
2: Uh, well for me, um, uh, I think I, I'm quite in tune with people and understanding how much I can push them uh, to that limit and going, Okay, that's enough. Like I don't need to bury bury them. That it's not about it's not my like stroking my ego and going, oh, I'm gonna F Georgia up today um and she's you know not going to be able to do anything it's not about that it's about going okay where is she at mentally and then what can i get out of her to get the best performance in that day and then that's it and then don't do you don't need to do more like i think the problem for people when they train with others or they're a a trainer and they're wanting to push someone as their goal is like i'm going to bury this person every time and it's like no it's not it's not about that it's about giving them cues giving them things that they can tap into to train harder so that that day for us like we trained pretty early um i think it was around 10 o'clock or or something in the morning Mm. um which was unusual for me i don't train after one meal i normally train like late afternoon um but you know there's i think there's a synergy where you get with someone you go okay i like this like this is this is a good feeling and that's what i felt there um and it was vice versa like she pushed me on my leg press and my hack squats um as well to just get a little bit more where sometimes you know you've got that mental block where you can you stop or you go you know that's that's me um and overall like it's, it's something that just sits with me a lot because i know you know i was coming back out of surgery i think i was like eight weeks post op from my hernia um so it was like one of the first time in actually years that i was able to train properly uh without pain through my midsection without things hurting um, and yeah, we we kind of just linked up really well. Um, I don't know what else you want to add to it, Georgia. You you're probably more on the receiving end.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'll just ask you a quick question: What sort of cues are you guys looking for for the point of are we going too far? Like, so and the person's body and their mentality, like, where's some flags? Where's that come up? Because that's something that I think people listening that would be valuable insight because if you don't have the experience, you're not sure which is a a flag that we need to be careful about or a flag that's just like, ah, just throw that to the side,
2: keep going. So I'll touch on it a little bit. So for me, it's learning what they believe their perceived failure is, um, is key first. So a lot of people, you know, I'll, I'll talk on like reps and reserve training, which I think is crap. Um, but a lot of people train and that means like actually train that way and think it's failure. Um, but they have so much more in the tank. So for me, it's like figuring out, okay, where's your perceived failure on a set and then let's get it to that point. And then do we need to add in beyond failure on a couple of weeks? Maybe, yeah, maybe we do. So beyond failure could be me assisting on a rep or doing a drop set or a rest pause or, or something like that. Those things can be added, but then it's going, okay, what's my total volume of failure sets that I need to get out Mm -hmm. of her and you know based on her plan and um, that's really it like it's as simple as you know get to that point of perceived failure get her to understand what actual failure is and then then go from there Um, that's how I approach things and yeah I don't know George you want to add to that
1: yeah um, I think like You've really got to know and, like, be in tune with when it's too much um, and knowing, like, when to obviously, like, pull back. Um, and that's one thing that I've been able to learn um, since I started training, you know, we're always young and dumb and yeah, let's go hard every set, every session, you know, but how are you progressing, you know, and your ego lift and all that jazz. So, um yeah, I think you can mentally always push. Depends how strong minded you are, but um, like for me, I can just keep pushing, and like Logan, you'll be the same. Like, and that session was a great um, example of that. Um, but you know, you, for me, like, obviously when you're doing a set, like, and it gets hard, that's when the set started, you know? It's not like. And you're not working obviously you're working within a rep range but like knowing in your brain is like oh easy i could go i've got more reps so or i'm going to stop here and then i'm going to increase the weight and, and push you know um and training by yourself is obviously a lot different than training with someone um like for example yesterday like i was in a new gym new gym environment here down in christchurch and um i was trying to push yeah so like um, smith machine is the same as the one up in Palmy, which is sweet. Um, so I managed, you know, a top set and then I knew maybe I could have done another rep, but like I might probably have failed in it or I needed assistance. So stopping there and then leaving some in the tank for the next set, and then like that next set was a rest pause. So it's like, oh okay, it feels easy and then it gets really hard stagnant really quick and that can come with like dieting and, and quite like, you know, fatigue. Um, so then it's like stop, you know, a few deep breaths, rest pause, then go again rather than like trying to fail you know just get more out of it that way you can get more reps in the system and then um yeah you've just kind of you take a gamble sometimes you know like for my dumbbell press I was like should I go the 22s or should I go the 24s for incline dumbbells like my fifth exercise and I know strength's not going to be as great as it was at the start of the session and then warmups were feeling okay and usually I get a spot you know that first rep up I managed to get the 24s up by myself and then get eight reps, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, But bringing it back to more that day, um, yeah, what a session, eh? (laughs) It was, um, yeah, I guess like that session's got a real special place in my heart, especially because right after that session, it's probably like the worst thing that's ever happened to me apart from losing my mum. So um, yeah, I feel real connected to that session. and. Yeah, it was like I kind of knew in my brain that it was going to be my last session for a while or something because, um, can you guys hear me all right? Yes. Brooke, yeah. Oh, sweet. It was just like, it was sounding yeah. real weird in my own headphones. Um, oh no, no, okay. <laughs> Yeah. But so um, we started on barbell squats and then went RDLs and those were like my two heavy compounds. And then we get to the hack squat, um, which is probably the, the um, eye opener for that session. Um, and I was only meant to be doing like pump pump work which is you know higher reps lighter away just really burn the muscle and i hadn't tried two plates on that hack squat um and this was reverse banded and i wouldn't reverse band it now for you, for your information um but yeah i was like i did one and a half and i was up from the last week and then i was like well, chuck on two why not you know may as well been wanting to give it a crack um and i get to like the fourth rep and i think he, holy fuck! this is heavy like oh i I don't got much more in me and then logan like pipes up and it's like don't you quit and like i hear that voice in my mind day when i train all the time now um, which is good but um yeah just honestly it was just like pushed past it and like after that it just the set got easier i don't know how to explain it it just it felt easier um and i got to 10 and i was like now let's keep going you know let's and then i was like nah 15. And, like, just gave that every... We are going to do a drop set that set, and I finished the set, and I was like, fuck, I ain't doing a drop set, eh? No no need, no need, got 15 reps. (laughs) So, like, to finish that session on the note of getting two plates uh, per side, obviously reverse banded, like, my goal was to get three plates in the off-season. And finishing, yeah, at that, I knew that, oh, like, obviously it was shit, I couldn't ever get three plates um, because I snapped my femur, but um, I knew that that would be achievable. Um, and it still will be, you know, I've no doubt, but, yeah. um,
0: yeah. <laughs> Do we want to dive in real quick to, uh, later on, um, the car accidents and you don't need all details, but essentially, um, what's the impact that had on, um, your body? So damage and kind of how you managed to recover from that. Because to emphasize you didn't snap your femur doing hack squats, um, you snap <laughs> in, a, in a car
1: accident um yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I think like in future after a big session like that I was quite rushed um and I was heading over to Topal that day for a festival with my mates and I was really looking forward to it because I've been on prep mode and I was really looking forward to having a few inners with my mates um so I was like you know going home and you know when you're just like driving in a straight line sometimes and you just kind of zone out you don't really know like you know you're just following following the person in front of you and um some guy was you know, turning right at an intersection at a 100k zone and was like stationary on the you know yeah in the middle of the road and like sometimes people pull over to the left and like if someone pulled yeah. over to the left oh you, know. you know i would have been fine but yeah can't look back like that so yeah, obviously, I smashed into the back of this ute at 100 k's per hour, um, right about that. And um, you kind of just can replay it in your mind happening in slow motion, like, um, but I was pretty onto it when it happened, like, I knew what was going on. So, obviously, like, from, you know, the mid-quad mid, mid quad down, like, my legs were trapped, um, the dashboard had come down onto me, and um, I didn't know that it snapped my leg at the time, because, um, there was so much pressure on my legs but I was quite lucky that it was a busy road because there was some guy behind me obviously came over, showed a wave and pulled over it was a big, you know, obviously it stopped traffic for I don't know, hours or whatever um, but he's asked me like, are you alright? and I was like, you gotta get this off my legs So like, there's so much pressure on my legs like, and um, <laughs> yeah I, I kind of did my like vital signs like I could move my fingers, my hands were all like cut up and stuff, like I've got scarring here I dislocated this finger and, I fractured this wrist but didn't know at the time because I was um obviously just worried about my legs um but I couldn't move my neck so I knew I wasn't paralyzed so like obviously first first feeling shit I'm so lucky to be alive I like, thank the lord I'm alive because you know um second it was like I'm gonna get the hell out of here <laughs> um and in a moment like that you know it's obviously your, cortisol, your adrenaline, everything shooting through. Um, so I was like, you know, deep breathing. Um and um when this guy came over, yeah they asked for my phone, called my dad, called the ambulance, but the scariest thing was is that there was actually a fire that happened in my car before the fire emergency people came. But lucky someone across the road had a fire extinguisher asked I could have blown up in that car, you know, it's just it was like miracle after miracle that day, to be honest. I don't. It still feels so surreal for me. Like, it's still, even though it happened seven months ago, you can still remember, you know, everything to a T, you know? And, um, yeah, I guess, like, I knew I was going to be all right when people came to me. And once that fire had been out, um, I was just like, you're strong enough to get through this, Georgia. This is nothing. So I was telling myself in that car, just deep breathing. Like, my gramps, he goes on about concrete pills all the time. And, um, I'm sitting in the car because we just lived like three minutes away. I was like, you got the concrete pills, boy? Because he calls me boy. And, um, you know, he was crying his eyes out, but I was just, you know. And then obviously the meds came, gave me drugs straight away. And I was like, (laughs) I remember like getting a bit emotional. I was like, I'm not going to die, eh, sir? (laughs) He's like, no, you're not going to die. And then like, they were like, you may have a broken leg. And so they had to chop the whole right door off. Oh, yeah, the right door. Then the roof, and then they could ram my legs off. Um, sorry, ram the card dashboard off my legs. And um, there was about 45 minutes like I was trapped in there. Um, so I was so lucky that, like, there was no, I wasn't losing blood, things like that, because that would have been a hole. There was blood, but um, there was a deep gash to the left knee as well. But I'm super lucky that didn't get into any tendons and ligaments. Um, so, yeah, when that came off my legs, I was devastated. Eh? obviously I'm lucky to be alive Um, but when you can't do what you love um, you get that taken away from you, Um, that can be really hard and really difficult to deal with Um, but in the situation um, it was pretty positive in the situation to just snap major injury, just snap the femur, like there was nothing wrong with my organs um, which is a miracle really Um, and yeah, if, I'm so glad that left leg is sweet, and it was just the femur. So really, what I'm dealing with now is just those glute stabilizer muscles. I'm still kind of limping a little bit, um, which I, I wanted to walk. I wanted to be walking normal about like 10 weeks post-accident, which <laughs> was a bit far-fetched. Um, but I kind of learned to like not put a time limit on it because your body will recover at, you know, the speed that it can, and it can only go as fast as you want it to go. Um,
2: so, I, do want to, I do want to say <laughs> something. Yeah. Can you tell the audience how many days it was post-accident until you were in crutches?
1: Um, well, before I left the hospital, I was walking, like, with no support because um, I, I had yeah. to use the left hand to hold the crutch, but that left wrist was broken, so I was doing pistol anyway. So that's why I just, mm. yeah, um, started. So,
2: like, three, three or four days? Was that, was
1: um, that right or? I, I was walking on the, the old lady's frames pretty much right away, like a couple of days after, once I got my catheter out, because obviously I had to have that for surgery and everything. Um, but they want to be walking as soon as possible. I was, it was quite hard for me to believe, to be honest, but
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I think there's two things, two big things that really stand out here to me, and this was part of where I was like, okay, George is got the grit is um like we all fuck up and this shit happens and i'm sure like every single person that drives on the road you have a moment where your awareness is not good i can think like as you're saying i can think of a situation where i had a close call like that where it was like a oh shit everyone is slowing down really fast mm. and and you could like if, if multiple cars are doing it or just something slightly odd it doesn't take much to have that situation and yeah the unfortunate thing is that yeah you you had to suffer probably like pretty big consequences that Mm -hmm. most of us will get away with because i i even the most hardcore stoic sort of guy who thinks that the the best driver ever you fuck up every now and then and Mm -hmm. it's it's whether or not you're paying that consequence so you had that consequence but then through the whole like you can see as you're retelling the story and through the whole time you're trying to see silver linings and that's mental resilience um it's it's taking that consequence and you're you're first glad you're alive uh you you even just the way you mentioned like ah, uh, like you buckled a little bit asking the officer if you're going to die like that is not a buckle. That is a normal response to being trapped in a car for a long time. All all stuff, like the humbleness that you have in that, Georgia, is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're tough as shit in that, and I think that has to be acknowledged. And probably um, it's good for you to acknowledge that too, because yeah, you handled that situation very well. I think and. Uh, I can't remember how many days later it was, but you were telling me like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be gone. I'm gonna be walking in ten weeks or where. And even if it's unrealistic, I respect that. That like I'm getting back at it. How many people would have just been yeah. in the bed watching Netflix, just just bagging on themselves like, oh my life's
2: so oh. This is this is the type of person Georgia is. So she messaged me. I feel like it was the next day, and said, "Shit, that was a mean league session, bro." um so that's 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 Georgia and it, it was quite a surreal moment for me because I was I was down in Palmy with my partner seeing her family so that's why we linked up the train and we drove past that road when it happened and it was blocked off and I was like shoot something just like oh no someone's had another accident oh, on the yeah and then it wasn't until that afternoon Colin messaged me and said oh you know Georgia and I was like holy shit like you know we we, we drove past that so it's it set with me a lot, and this is why, like, when I look at Georgia, she's like a little sister to me, and she is family because these things ha- you know they happen for a reason. Um, and I think people meet each other for a reason, and you know, I'll, I'll always look up over Georgia and, and support her, whatever she does. But she literally makes everyone look like a pussy. like, yeah. you, if you, if you think you're tough, meet her, yeah. and then you know what tough is because. You know, that's that's an icing on the cake of what she's been through in her life. You know, she's got a, a quite a deep life story and things that have gone through that she's gone through that not anyone should. And for her to sit here today and, you know, I would say mentally she's probably stronger than she's ever been today, um, it's, it's, it's impressive to see. And it makes me level up and go, okay, you know, if she can do that, I can do it. Like She was sending me photos of, like, check-ins, like, a couple weeks later i'm like girl stop walking (laughs) just just chill just chill and she's like no i can't i can't and i'm like okay okay whatever you say just you know uh but it definitely makes you know puts things into perspective Of like people really don't have it that bad you know you should just toughen up a bit
0: yeah um i i really appreciate for sharing that georgia that was um it's a hard thing to share, too, like these traumatic instances, too. Uh, I, I can rethink of car accidents I've been through. It is, it is tough, so I really appreciate that. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the recovery process and maybe um, key things that you utilized on the mental side and things that you um, kind of took into practice or did differently to help with that recovery?
1: Sure. Firstly, I just want to say thank you both for the kind kipu, the kind words. It really does mean a lot, um, especially to have two really um, onto it people that I look up to speak so highly about myself. Um, I don't really even feel like I deserve that, but, um, nah.
2: You definitely do. You, you <laughs> definitely do. deserve <laughs> yeah. <that>. Yeah. <laughs> um, All I will say before Georgia continues, um, there's a thing called humbleness, but in moments like this, you don't have to be humble Yeah, and you exactly. know, you can be proud and no one will look at you and go, wow, she's arrogant. Uh, Cause you know, surviving something like that and coming back to where you are, it's not arrogance. It's you did it. So you yeah, mm. don't have to be
1: humble about it. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Um, yeah. So I guess like when I was in that you know, hospital, I think that day of the accident, I was, before I went into surgery, I wanted to message you, Logan, but I was a bit embarrassed. I was like, fuck. <laughs> but, like, obviously you, you messaged me anyway. Um, And, yeah, I guess I was, yeah, really devastated with the hard work that I put in, um, especially, like, winning those shows and then realising sh- I've got some potential. Like, I was so pumped my off-season, man. Like, you know, there's those people in the game that, really just in it for the preps they don't want to they don't really improve year round like I was like more driven for my reverse diet and my off season than I was my own prep because I knew like where I could get to and like I visualized that you know I like I visualized myself getting that pro card um and I still do and I know I'm going to get it one day um but obviously there's just been a bit of a halt on that which is cool but I guess like through the prep my, through the prep itself, I was like <clears throat> what are the pros doing Georgia you've got to be doing that but on another level because you're not even at their level yet you know so that was how I treated my recovery it's like okay I'm gonna make this the best recovery anyone's ever had from snap femur you know that was my goal it was like okay so yep I can't train and I couldn't train upper body at first either um but I can do all these other things there's no need to you know like Logan said throw your toys in the cot because you know, when your goals when your goals are so big, like nothing's gonna stop you. You're gonna find a way, you know. You don't have excuses. Um so I was like firstly for like the mental well being, the henning Um, yeah, mindfulness, meditation, journaling, reflecting on my days. Because um, it was a bit weird, like I'm always quite a full on person and I've always got like a lot of things going on. Um, so it was yeah, a big step back there. So, yeah, being around Farno helped. Um, having Charles um, up to support, he was amazing through my recovery. Um, stayed by my like side every night. Um, put up with me like yelling at him when he was trying to get my leg down because it was in so much pain. I remember, like one night in hospital, it was probably the worst pain I ever felt. Like because um, I wasn't using the drugs right away because they give you morphine and that and some people would just utilise that oh let's get high, let's get high as a kite but no, nah, I didn't want to do that um, I just wanted to use them as I needed the drugs um, so obviously like before you go into surgery you get a I guess you get a lot and then the anaesthetic kind of wears off and then I remember the pain and <clears throat> it was pretty hard to sleep at first and everything, like that physical pain um, but yeah, I guess supplements Thomas, um, I was messaging you right away, asking you of what you recommended for supplements and what I can take to better my recovery. Um, and I was just willing to do anything to help enhance my recovery, chiropractor, physio, trauma counseling, um, massage when I could, I couldn't even really touch the leg to start, the amount of bruising I had around my adductors and everything was nuts. (laughs) Um. yeah and like obviously getting my stitches out and stuff but I had quite regular hospital appointments to start with um and yeah just help like I couldn't even care for myself like to start like I honestly I couldn't even go to the toilet by myself I couldn't shower myself um so when I could do that again I just felt a whole lot of gratitude because I kind of think like that anyway whenever I see someone that's so down syndrome or Whenever I saw someone with a prosthetic leg, when I had my broken femur, I was like, shut the fuck up, Georgia. You've still got your leg, you know. Um, So that was quite motivating for me. Um, It's like, that could have been me, but it's not. And I'm so lucky that it's not. So I don't have, I don't got shit to complain about. And like through the recovery, I guess my mum was a big, um, she already was a big like uh, driver for me. Um, because she fought cancer and she lost her bed of cancer over, um, five years ago and now. So, um, yeah, I knew that what I was going through wasn't harder than that. You know, we haven't got shit to complain about, you know? Um, so she was a big driver for me. Um, and, you know, still is, um, and whatever I put my mind on achieving, um, I don't think anything could stop me, to be honest, because when I'm doing something for her, um, I'm going, like, 200%, man, you know. Um, Yeah. I recently got her tattooed on me as well. Um, She's just just in here, Tina Marie. Um, So I'm Georgia Marie, so I get her middle name, which is pretty cool. Um, But I think, like, with what I went through when I was 17 um, and through her getting sick um and I went through quite a lot like I had an eating disorder I'm happy to talk about that I don't have no shame in that you know um because I guess it's that that high achiever like I knew that I needed to eat in a calorie deficit and you get you're so driven nothing's going to stop you so I became too obsessive um and yeah um I didn't realize the importance of nutrition didn't really have a great knowledge around training so that's when Obviously, Uncle Shane reached out to me and he's been a huge part of my journey. Um, supported me a lot during that time because he lost his dad when he was young as well. So he knew, I guess, what I was going through. Um, and yeah, um, through that, you know, she was always like, I want you to enjoy life, Georgia, you know, um, see what it has to offer. Because I was so stubborn back then. I was so like, not open-minded I was like this is all I care about my bodybuilding my training nutrition I lost my friends I lost my relationships um and I became quite isolated and yeah obviously went through some depression especially losing my mum um but I never like to use that as an excuse like you know and one thing she always taught me was like looking at that glass half full like Um, even that like and you'll be able to see that through my car accident even it's a negative situation you can still grasp positives out of the situation it just depends how you look at it right so there's always someone like worse off and that doesn't take away from what I've been through like I know I've been through a hell of a lot and I you know I sit and reflect and I do and I am really proud of myself for how I've handled that and you see the you know everyone sees I guess the what is it? They see the good They say the good times. They see the highlights. They don't see the low days. Like, I remember, like, I'd be almost crying because I couldn't even bodyweight squat with no pain. Like, you know, um, there was some shit days through that recovery. And there still is, you know, and it's almost like being in that hospital bed when you're cared for, like, the, like constantly. That's the easy part because you, you know, it's physical pain only lasts so much. It's the mental you know, mental pain that you still deal with. Um, So it's learning how to manage that and, um, I guess, move forward from that. And you're never going to be able to escape pain. Everyone goes through it, but you just have to learn, I guess, how to manage that and what you can do to um, improve that. And then it will have less and less effect on you and you become more resilient each time. So... Yeah, I, I wanted to get my mum tattooed on me. I just I was actually telling Logan, um, <laughs> I like randomly up in the night, just and I was sending him some voice messages, and it's like, you know what? Like I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Like I was waiting for my family yes. to get the tattoo um, with me, but I felt, you know, I wanted that now, and I've been wanting that for such a long time, and I want to look down at that when I train, especially. That's why I like it there, because it's like when I, when I think my training's hard, it's that's right there telling me that this isn't hard. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of how I've dealt with my recovery in a nutshell. Um, support systems around me has been great. Um, and also one other thing just to touch on is, like, I'm real religious in my rehab and recovery, but there was some times when, you know, I was like, oh, like, it was quite sore, and I'm like, probably pushed it a bit much, gee, so... <laughs> Like, have to know when, pretty much just like how we do in normal training, you know, as we've touched on, know when too much is too much. And, like, you know, I'm, like, so hard on myself because I've always been a high achiever right from when I was, I don't know how old. Um, I think that was just the way environments that I grew up in as well. That's what kind of made me the way I am. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, oh, no, this isn't good enough. You need to be doing a rehab three times a day or something. (laughs) You know, it's like actually what you're doing is great Georgia and sometimes you just have to step back and remind yourself of that um and be proud of everything that you do and that's something that I still work on every day um it may look like I've got my shit together but you know um we all go through you know hard days and last week was pretty hard not gonna lie um with being sick and everything but yeah I just absolutely loved being in the gym again and yeah that's, that's all from me. <laughs> Sorry uh, to Randall.
0: No, that was that was good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good mentality and 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 thinking in that. And I think one of the key takeaways there I sort of saw is that you, you have put in a lot of mental processes in place to check in with yourself and to keep mm. the drive forward. Um, and I, I think it was good commentary too on. Yeah, acknowledging that points to pull back, yeah, and that's probably, um, it's probably where everyone, frankly, in our circles, uh, we all like to push, um, and knowing when to pull backs.
2: There to be a certain
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything, like it? Well, I
2: was just going to say, looks on that, something's going to give if you keep pushing, and you know, it, it could be a mental breakdown, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's I was just, you know, I'm quite happy that Georgia brought up what she brought up with her mum in a sense, because this is why we connect so well, because she knows and Thomas, you don't know, but my mum had breast cancer twice, uh, stage four and I actually have her tattooed on my wrist. Um, I'm thankful to have her still around, but that on my wrist is what keeps me going every day. Um, and, you know, I was at that point when I was in, in an age where she had it and I was in her chemo room when she was getting chemo every time and, and seeing her go through that. And, you know, this this woman for me, she, she had breast cancer. She was going through chemo and she worked all the way through um, because we had to go privately, otherwise she would have, you know, not been here today. Um, and no one at her work knew that she had kept. Cancer and was going through chemo. She was going to the bathroom, vomiting, and going back out and working. So when you see people like that, and they can go through things like that, it really puts into perspective how easy you have it. Um, you know, I look at her today, and I'm thankful that she's still around. She's in her sixties, and you know, she lost her mum when she was two, um, and her dad when she was just like six, or six or eight months. So she never had parents. Mum from breast cancer. Um, And, you know, you you go look at things and you go, geez, I've got my parents. Georgia, you know, unfortunately has lost her mum, but that's why we've got a big connection because, you know, I I look at what I've got and go, you know, I'm grateful to what I have, but I will reach out and support Georgia where I can. So, you know, through that recovery, I I made it a a goal of mine to at least message her almost every day, see how she was going, checking in, Um, because, you know, as a friend, that's what you can do. You know you can support through mentally. Um, and that mental battle is what's probably going to get them through everything um, and keep keep them going. So uh yeah it touches me a lot when she bring brings up stuff like that because you know you look you just reflect back on your own life and go, geez, you know I'm grateful. Uh been for a long myself but you know I'm I'm grateful to have what I have. And some people don't don't have the mm. opportunity. So um Georgia's going to go very far. I have no doubt that she will turn pro. Um, and she will put a lot of people to shame on that pro stage eventually. So, you know, people will just watch the space.
1: Yeah. Um, even when you were just talking about your mum there, Logan, like my heart started pounding, eh? And I started to feel a bit emotional because it brought back up. Obviously, you know, I never I never even knew how sick my mum was because she hid it from me and my sisters because I was only 17. And my sister... Brother sister 14 and my little sister 10 and she was like my mum's shadow she would do everything with her um oh. so yeah it wasn't until we were in the hospice with her and um I was talking to my nanny and I was like nanny is mum going to die my mum's mum and she was like yeah and I didn't even know how to deal with it to be honest because even when you know what's coming you're never prepared for how it's going to feel or how it's going to affect you um mm-hmm. and you know, we take our parents for granted, you know, you just, you just do, because they do, you know, my mum was like my best friend, um, she, you know, I didn't tell her a lot, because I was going through, you know, that teenager, you know everything, um, kind of thing, I look back over our messages sometimes, and she's trying to send me quotes and stuff, because she's, she's definitely was a lot like how I am now, like a very into, I guess, mental wellbeing, growth mindset, all that kind of stuff, um, And I'll be like, nah, not reading it. Nah, I don't care. (laughs) I see that stuff. And then um, there's this one message I actually shared it on my story, and it's like um, just her telling me, she's like, love you, beautiful girl, today and every day. And I really like, I hold that close to my heart because um, when I'm thinking I'm not good enough or what I haven't done is enough, uh, because I often think that um, I look back and, just, like, I try and visualise, like, what my mum would be saying to me, and um, I think she was with me during my accident, for sure, because to survive something like that, it makes you feel really, like, um, grateful just to be alive, and, like, um, if you can survive something like that, like, um, you you know, you're meant to be here for, like, a reason, Um, you're meant to be on this earth, so, it's like, for me, even though I didn't, didn't die, it's like a second chance, you know, um, and it's just added more tools to my kete, um, around that mental adversity, and, you know, like, I don't think a lot of things will be as difficult as to what I'm going through now, and what I've been through at 17, but, like, having that lot of life experience really, <laughs> like, I know I wouldn't be the person I am without losing her, like, I probably would have come around, but... You know, like you say, everything happens for a reason and I don't fucking know why I had to lose my mum, but all I know is that I'm going to use that as something positive to drive. Um, and just, like, you know, you guys would feel extremely grateful that you have both your, uh, you have your parents, you know, your mum, um, and, like, anyone out there that does. Just don't ever take that for granted, you know. Um, like, my mum was the best mum in the world, like... <laughs> And I know everyone sees that, but um, she truly was something different. And she hid that pain from me and my sisters um and just took it like it was nothing. And she like stayed strong that whole time. She even gone into church. She hadn't been really like, you know, but she she tried everything. She was sitting there in her hospice bed. She's like, I'm living. I've got I'm going to China. I'm I've got three beautiful girls and a husband to live for, you know. Like she she was so driven to not die. Um so You know, when you fight so hard for your life like that. um, Like we've got some cards that me and my sisters have been gifted um, around when she first passed away, around um, our first birthday when we didn't have our first birthday with her. And then I recently got one at my 21st and I was actually going through quite a hard time there. And that's why I didn't compete that year. And that's probably something else to touch on. You know, it's like when you're mentally not there for a prep Mm -hmm. and you, you know, you can't, your body's just not going to respond, you know, you've got to, you've got to prioritise what's right and I knew that that wasn't the year for me to compete, like I had to put my mental well-being first, Um, so to get something like that, you know, gifted to me was like, yeah, couldn't even really like explain how um, special that was to me and we did have like necklaces with my mum's thumbprint but I've actually lost mine so I'm hoping that I do find that one day because I know things like that come back to you, like I Got a gradu- when I graduated secondary school, I got a like, Tonga, and um, that came back to me. lost that, so I'm hoping, you know, but at least I've got this tattoo now, so that's always with me. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Do you want to, I was like, oh, pretty grim. Um, I, I, it probably would, worth a statement, um, worth a statement. Is, uh, yeah, this is a grim topic and probably an acknowledgement of how much people are just carrying behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And, you know, you don't see that. And so just having some empathy for people, having mm-hmm. some empathy for, you know, everyone, everyone's everyone got some stuff going on and some is pretty hardcore. Um, do we want to ease onto uh, some of those mental signals that you might, think it's good to pay attention to when you're doing prep and you're going for competitions um that say like avoiding the eating disorder hole or are you mentally there to push and push and push um and when when what sort of signals did you guys or you georgia notice when it's like okay i should not compete this year. this is not right year, because i think that's an important there's a lot of outward push right now uh, where you might see the social media and you're seeing that highlight reel. We're not seeing um, the struggle. We're not seeing, like, no one who's dying of cancer is hopping on their phone. So it's, it's, it's a very one-sided world. Yeah. Um, so acknowledging that there's a lot of pressure on folk right now, and we actually deal with it quite a lot in the store, um, we'll get people coming in doing some hardcore prep and maybe misguided from a coach that's just slapped the routine at them and they think they've just got to push for it. And uh, yeah, I just see a lot of struggle people need that. It'd be good for more toolkits and more awareness of like, hey, when do we need to call it? And say, hey, let's, let's look after the mental health side a bit more and kind of come back to those goals later.
2: Yep. Yeah, we can touch on that. Uh, maybe I'll start and then go to you Georgia like for me I think you've got to figure out what your why is first and, and by saying that is like are you competing because you see your favourite person on Instagram or social media is competing and you want to emulate them or are you doing it for a reason for yourself like are you doing it because you truly enjoy and love the sport and you're wanting to progress and you're wanting to, to change and that will dictate on how well the prep's going to go um, like my first prep was terrible uh, I really struggled to adhere to a diet. Um, I probably pulled my calories way too low. Um, and mind you, like I'd come out of the back end of doing martial arts where I literally was eating everything because um, that's what I did back then. And, you know, when you go from eating everything to going, okay, now I'm going to be really strict and, and um, try to adhere to a plan that I, I just wasn't prepared for you know, what the hunger felt like, what being truly tired every day is is going to be like, Um, and then was that the level that I should have been at, at 18, 19, probably not. I was quite young to um, mentally go through that. So I think, you know, figuring out your why, uh, also understanding, like, the people on Instagram, how they look. One, they're not the healthiest if they're looking like that year-round. There's no way they are. Um, You know, half the year, I wouldn't say I'm fat, but I'm... Are pretty heavy um i'm eating in a very heavy surplus um and you know i, I don't feel good that way either like that's been honestly that mm-hmm. to me is harder than the prep self-prep it's pretty pretty easy in comparison to pushing mm-hmm. six eight thousand calories every day um and you know getting your body weight up 50 pounds above your last stage weight is it's pretty hard so mm-hmm. understanding those things um, and then going into a prep with no expectations either. Like, I I wouldn't go in there thinking that I'm going to win or, you know, what's you know what's my competition doing and you know what class should I do or anything like that. For me, I'm I'm would just go into a prep to get as lean as I can and then you know fit into a class maybe in a novice stage of like try a few, see where you may fit. You know, judges will give you an advice on like you know this is a good class for you. Um, but then also what you may enjoy. So like if you enjoy bodyboarding, just do that and and you know stick to that class and then progress from there. Like take your time. Um, but there's a lot of mental mental struggles that people go through. I think once you've done a few, Georgia knows this now. Like you know what to expect. Like you know the hunger. Um, you know I was asked the other day by a girl who competes in bikini. Like she's like, oh you know, uh, do you get moody during prep and stuff like that? And I said, yeah I do, but. I'm aware, very self-aware of like when I'm at that point, and I'll tell Jess and say, "Look, I'm tired. Like I'm, I'm feeling this kind of way today." And then, you know, if I'm at a point where I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm tipping, I'm, I'm going to get angry. I'll go for a walk, and I'll just go get some air and just try and like try not put that onto others because it's your it's your your decision. Like at the end of the day, you're you're doing the prep, you're deciding to do it, so no point of being a dickhead to everyone else um, because they didn't ask for it and you know the ones who, who support you like Charles is it's great for Georgia because he does it so he understands it completely um, mm. and vice versa just doesn't do it but she's seen me dig in and, and she knows what's involved she sees me do the cardio she sees me do the steps and the training and everything she's just like I'm proud of you like, just keep going um, and she'll put a, a couple words and photos that I put up and just say you know keep going love you you know and, and that's that's all I need so um Understanding that and then just try and not mimic and copy people online. Like, they. It's just crap. It's honestly, it's not true. They don't see what's involved. Like, I think a great example, last year, um, I pushed down to 81 kilos. Heaviest in the off-season I got to was about 108 um, in between then and, you know, coming into this new diet phase. Now, um, it's saw a lot of food, a lot of things involved to get to that weight and then carry that weight like I couldn't put my shoes on properly I couldn't bend over I couldn't walk without being out of breath um just be prepared for things like that if you want to do well that's that's Mm. uh what I can touch on I don't know what else you want to say Georgia on that
0: all right talking different bodybuilding classes uh for competition do you guys maybe Logan do you want to start just with the overarching and then Georgie can feed in Mm -hmm. um how do the different classes work, what are the different classes, and what sort of considerations perhaps for, like, different people's goals, which should they be thinking of more,
2: do you think? Yeah. yeah look, I, I'll touch on the, some of these classes. Obviously, in, like, men's classes, you've got men's physique, uh, classic, and then bodybuilding. Bodybuilding can kind of be covered in uh, 2-1-2 and open as well um, in the pro levels, but... For me, it's it's more around you know what, well I believe what class you feel like you best suit, um, and then training specifically for that class. And and sometimes I think athletes go in a wrong way where they feel like it's about getting as lean as they possibly can. Um, you see this in like bikini girls and uh, classes that don't specifically require that look um, or that that level of detail or that conditioning. Um, So those are, you know, considerations that I kind of take in as going, okay, what what class uh, are you actually training for? Um, Like if it's men's physique, yeah, that's great, but do you have to look for it. Are you, you know, similar to the people who are winning, um, you know, I touched on myself earlier, Georgia, to Thomas where I said, I could never do men's physique, I don't have to look for it, I'm not, you know, a pretty boy, I'm not, that's just not me. (laughs) I, I don't think I'd fit and I don't think I'd do well. Um, but there are people who do well and you can tell why they fit that class. And, you know, despite, you know, sometimes it getting a bad rep and people not liking mens it does play a part. Um, and also it's still hard to get to that level of condition and that,
1: a lot that of them still be. train legs anyway, but their upper bodies yeah. are just so much more purport, like, bigger. Yeah. It does make their legs look small. Like you look at someone like Ash, for example, Like his legs, he still trains legs, you know, but he just would do, does a lot better in men's physique because his upper body is just so much more dominant. to yeah.
2: yeah. And I think um, it's, it'll be interesting when because the, they're bringing in weight classes now for men's physique. So it'll be interesting how that. Plays in. Uh, eventually, I saw that they were talking about that in the pro league, and um, I do feel like for men's Zeke, it's kind of gone a little bit too close to bodybuilding. Like that, some of them are bloody huge, and you look at them and you go, "Is that really what the class looks like?" Like I, I look at men's and I don't know if you know Ryan Terry is, Um mm-hmm. but he to me is like the ideal for that class. And you know, it's not that it's an attainable look, but they're getting too big. Yeah. So I
1: that's why that's
2: they too. want to put the weight cap on, eh? Yeah, yeah. So um I think it's it's interesting seeing, you know, how things are changing in and, and directions and you know, when we look at like classic, again it's some of them are just smaller bodybuilders that should just do bodybuilding. Um it's it's a look that you, you should be uh, going for rather than just a weight and a height and going, I oh, I made this weight and height so I'm classic, it's it's really not that like you You look at people who are winning like C-Bomb and you go, okay. everyone just wants to
1: be C-Bomb. That's why they want to do classic. No,
2: you're not classic. You're bodybuilding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So training for the class that you need to be in. But um, Mm. I'm interested more so on your perspective, Georgia, on the female classes because I felt like they've changed a lot throughout the years. Uh, Like Mm. woman's physique to me is more like woman's bodybuilding these days than Woman's physique, I feel like they've gotten a lot bigger than they used to be.
1: Mm.
2: Um, and then you figure look at those, kind Olympia, of, those Olympia,
1: those right. Olympia, um, women's physique are fucking hell. That's 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 um, unreal. They're that's huge. yeah, they yeah, bigger than the guys um, here. Well, <laughs> yeah, v, so, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm interested in your perspective on, on classes and you know what considerations you'll take if you're a female. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. even like the the end stages of a of a prep, like the the actual getting ready for a show or a show day, like what's involved in that? Because like, as a man uh, or a men's class, we you know we don't do hair, we don't do makeup, we don't have to do the glitz and glam like we get our, our base mm-hmm. coat on, we get a few tans done, um, you know, posing trunks or board shorts depending on on your class. But that's really it. Like you know, we choose a posing routine, song. Um, Which unfortunately doesn't get counted towards anything, but uh, it's another story. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm really interested. I like your kind of whole journey for for a a female side, and you know where uh, considerations are coming. And you know, yeah, that's that that side if you can touch on that.
1: Oh, wouldn't it just be easy to be a male? Gosh, i would be pretty jacked (laughs) if I was a male too. I reckon. (laughs) um, yeah well like from the show day eh, like I've always grown up I guess being a tomboy like right from when I was like a little kid I think I was into Bob the Builder I was into Harry Potter Um, (laughs) um and I always grew up around my cousins so like I'd always compare myself to the boys um and like what my cousins were doing so I was like I've got to get to that level so I guess that's why I'm the way I am like I think some of my family thought I was going to be a lesbian and stuff because I would like wear stuff on Helen <laughs> Stones and um, like that when I was younger, but um, can confirm that is not the case. Um, yeah, I guess I've just always compared myself to my cousins, and like I think, you know, um, if guys can do it, girls can do it too. Um, and I don't like being a female to be an excuse, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, classes, um,
3: well,
1: I've always resonated with figure. Just, I guess, growing up, I did swimming, helped with, like, just having a bit broader shoulders, whatnot. Um, So that was where my heart always lied. Like, I never – just bikini didn't really interest me, to be honest. Um, A lot of girls like to look like that, which is cool. Um, A lot of girls want to, you know – want to have a big bum you know want to look good want to get like boob implants and stuff like that and that is cool you know I'm not judging the fact that if anyone does that um, that's cool and like I know that's a very nice like feminine look and that's what attracts males so that's probably why girls want to go down that um, route but um, I guess when I first competed I was like you know like I, I didn't have as good of a foundation as I do now so hence why Shane recommended you should do bikini G and it's like you don't like have your head stuck up at your ass and you're like, I'm not going to do that shit you know it was like eight days out and I was like okay I'll do it I'll learn the poses and it was not me at all I do not like you know doing that posing and stuff but I still did it you know um, mm. and I think bikini is what the category that attracts a lot of females just because um, I mean it's probably like the easiest I mean I'm not saying it's easy but with the different categories like wellness, figure, and women's physique, it's probably the easiest one to achieve, you could say. You agree? Like
2: a, yeah, I would say it's a good entry level. Like yeah. For me, for me, it's probably the hardest class to judge.
1: Mm, um, there's so much, much different.
2: different. Yeah. like What you are you look looking the, for? It
1: changes all the yeah. time. You look at the yeah, Olympia and stage, at, and then people get marked down. and We've had yeah. Mandy... Cullen go over and compete um <clears throat> overseas and like I listened to a podcast with like her and Jordan Earle, and um she was saying she felt like a giant and stuff because the girls there were so tiny so I do you know you've got to be you've got to have the shape for it you've got to have the build for it um mm. to actually yeah do really well especially at that high level um yeah and then a lot of girls <laughs> uh, this is always talked about but a lot of girls you know they they want to do wellness um
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and they don't have big enough legs or, you know, they're just, they're not there yet. Like, they're still bikini. They're still, like, transitioning. But that's cool. Like, I mean, I'm all for that. Like, girls wanting to, like, push themselves and, like, try wellness. Like, now that the category is there, like, what are you losing when you get in shape? Why not do both classes so that you can get judged on and by the judges and see which class you actually fit into? That's what a lot of people that are starting out do.
2: So, and that's why we have... Novice classes, yeah, um, and I, I know Thomas is kind of inexperienced around classes and things like that. But I think it's important to bring up like, there's novice for a reason. And like, if you're in that point where you don't really know where you fit, like, do a novice class and do a couple of them and, and yeah. see what you know. Fit. We see people do novice like men's physique, classic, and bodybuilding, and then they don't do well in two, but then they'll do well in one mm. of them, and you go, okay. That's
1: the that's the path for you. So, hundred uh, percent, yeah. Like when I did my first comp, I did three classes. I did um, I think it was like junior bikini or novice bikini or something. Um, novice figure, open figure, because it's like why not do all three? Yeah. Like because it caps at three classes. So yeah, and I think last comp I just did. I didn't do bikini. Um, I just did novice and open figure because I'm still in obvious, but now that I've won overall, I believe I can only do open.
2: I only do open now.
1: That's all good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to specify just a little bit the um, actual, like, the real differences between bikini and wellness? Because I noticed Mm. you did have some kind of separation of, like, hey, if someone should do wellness or bikini, how would you decide that, just on physique?
2: Like, for me, wellness... um... There's, there's a few people that do very well, like Tiffany from overseas. She does well. Um, the, the look is very lower body heavy. Hmm. Um, you know, you're looking at good quad sweep, uh, good tie in for your glute and hamstring. Uh, very developed legs, very developed glutes, hamstrings, hmm. everything. Uh, upper body, not as developed at all, uh, more of like that bikini look, but leaner, harder. Um, they want to see definition for your shoulders and, and your midsection, um, not so much like detail and definition for your legs. You don't want to be completely ripped out, shredded, and like you can see striations, but you want to see a good level of muscularity in that lower body. Uh, where with bikini, it's more of a softer look. Uh, mm. I think body fat distribution to me is even throughout the whole body. Uh, they are looking at a, glute, a good glute, ham tie-in. Again, though, but your your legs are very balanced to your upper body. Um, they do want to see definition for your shoulders, uh, but nothing too much, like not too lean, not too vascular, because mm. uh, it still needs to have that feminine look to it. Um, and that's kind of how, and I think that's where the mistake goes with a lot of girls. They see this new class wellness that I would say is probably up there with the most popular female class at the moment, um, even mm. more so than, than bikini because of, uh, how it's perceived and people just think they they want to do that and they fit into that.
3: But
2: mm. You've got to have to look for a guy look who wins, look who's doing well and going, am I similar or do I have the same attributes or do I not? Um, that's my, my view. I don't know, Georgia, if you want to touch on your view on the two. Yeah,
1: I agree with you 100% on everything you said. But I don't think there's any more to add. Yeah. What
0: I would ask
2: is um,
0: just to clarify how would you say wellness is perceived versus
2: what you just described how is wellness perceived um and what do you mean by general public or yeah so uh where do you think people are being slightly misguided in
0: thinking they fit into wellness because so there must be a mm. uh, misunderstanding between the what yeah, you well, just a lot
1: outlined of them... yeah oh well, a lot of them so? um, You Know a lot of girls think they're wellness in their off season. You haven't even dropped your body fat yet. You girls hold more fat in their lower body, so that's where the um, misconception would be for me.
2: Yeah,
0: I completely agree. So, because they've got more size on, they think they're wellness, but they're
2: not, and legs are
1: always last to come in. I
2: think for. for me, as well, as like a lot of them have never been close to stage ready, so that I mm. don't actually know what tip they're holding. Um, mm. Like, even like I with Georgia, right? Like, she, you got into good condition last year, but as she matures and gets muscle maturity and <clears> more <throat> density, that condition is going to be nothing to what she sees, and she'll see a different look every year.
1: Upper body um, condition was and, there, but lower body needs a long way to go. And I finally only just started to, like, lines in my legs and stuff like that. But I still have a long way to go. So, yeah, whenever you're getting lean for a show or you think you're shredded, you're not shredded enough.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I also think um, from my side with a lot of people is they don't compete enough or they don't stay lean enough long enough. Mm. Um, And you would understand this, Thomas, from, like, a a scientific aspect. Fat cells don't really disappear. They shrink. Yes. and having them, I guess, let's just say smaller for a longer period of time, one, it's easier to get to that point. Uh, but we mm. also know, like, as a baby and growing up, you know, the fat distribution for your legs and glutes are always higher, and those fat cells have been like that for years. So it takes many preps, many diet downs, many times getting lean to finally start seeing those details and those things that you you haven't seen before. Like, I I was taking photos the other day, and I'm like, oh, jeez, I can see you striations through the side of my glutes now like there's things that five ten years ago that i couldn't see um that i can't see now but it's just from building more muscle staying leaner longer and then that's when you kind of understand what that class is so you know another thing that you could say is just get lean and then have a look at where you're, where you're at we mm-hmm. use uh my phases to try and get to a point where you go okay this is what i can assess because it's really hard To assess in an off season state where you're, you know, some females are plus 20% body fat, close to 30%. And, you know, what are you really looking at? Like, is it muscle or is it water? Is it fat that's culmination of both?
1: And, like, um, also, the more developed and, like, your muscle is, the less, like, um, the less area, like, you know, the less area there'll be between the fat and your muscle, you know, as well. So, like, the le- like the more your muscles develop obviously the closer it's going to be like to the skin and then when you lose mm-hmm. the fat that'll all come through so it's just all with time like Logan says like you know and being more developed and like I would only say I've been training properly um since last year if I'm being honest and like that's what I'd call proper training and obviously I've had this setback in between as well so like I'm just gonna you know look at the next five years and see where I can get to and then I'll expect you know a lot more better results over time but with that whole like people can't stay lean um that's probably why you see a lot of people compete every year because they like to probably have more flexibility in their off season and they may not just be as serious about their goals like obviously they want to enjoy life obviously you know everyone does um yeah but when you're very driven, you know, there's still going to be sacrifices that you have to make. And, like, that's why I'm, I'm dieting down now. Like, I'm I'm in a pretty good state with my leg training. I know I can take things to failure now. Um, can do a pretty good broad range of everything again. Um, so I know, like, I'm ready and, like, I needed a boost of motivation, you know. And now I'm, like, getting that because I'm starting to see the rewards from me sticking to my diet and especially with Charles being on prep it just makes sense you know like I don't want to get fatter make no progress um while he's getting shredded you know it makes me feel terrible (laughs) so um it's quite good having you know him doing that as well and then we can be there for each other um and like Logan touched on a bit about um he'll just let Jess know you know if he's a bit hangry and not on a great mood. we'll just communicate with each, um charles and i will just communicate then um what we need and you know um support yeah, each other
2: generally yeah generally speaking as well with me mean, i just get quiet like i'll georgia mm. knows i'll get quiet on social media yeah um i'll don't I'll mes- really, I'll message
1: you you won't reply
2: <laughs> yeah I, and it's because i just try and like I, I zone out a little bit from things and then i'll, I'll mm. they know like I'll, I'll get back to them eventually um, yeah, hard. But those are, you know, it's really important what she, she's bringing up there. But, you know, even for me in an off-season phase, you know, it's, people go, I'm going to take a year off and come back a year later. It's like, okay, cool. But, you know, what's your, your what strategy in your year <laughs> off? Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's like, you know, limiting factor. dog, say 30 weeks of a surplus pushing up and then you want to pull back down and then push back up. And some people make mistakes of pushing up and then, they're going to go. Oh, I'm going to do a holding phase. Uh, I'm going to hold this. Uh, this and it's like a, okay. So you're going to do a, a six to eight week phase of not making progress, not getting leaner, uh, probably losing body composition. Uh, so I would rather push back, push up for thirty weeks, and then straight away I'll hit that limit and then pull back down. And you then bring down eight. the insulin.
1: or you bring you know back your insulin sensitivity as well. That's what I'm noticing with my. Um, diet so that when i you know connor said we probably want to get to about 55 so i i know i'll be leaner than when i was on stage last year um in that case so that's cool that's real motivating for me like i'm real keen to you know dial it down um and then obviously i'll be able to actually you know reverse and have a great growth phase from there you know um because i never got one because of my accident so yeah <clears throat> But um, I just wanted to touch on also that question we had before. Oh, does that going to wrap everything up there just before I'm... I think, I think that is a good wrap-up. Yeah, yeah, go on. And mm-hmm. Obviously, like with figure, you know, um, maybe we could just touch on that category because that's the one that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you're wanting to have that Dorito shape, really. And if you've got that, then you've got the foundation for figure you can work on from there. Um, and the uh, conditioning for figure, you could agree, Logan, is a bit more um, hard. harder lean to enough, yeah. get than bikini and wellness. Um, yep. And like we touched on, like my legs weren't even lean enough um, last comp. Um, and that just comes with obviously what we've touched on more development, mm-hmm. just more experience. Because um, yep. being a female, we hold more body fat in our lower body. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I need way bigger delts too and I mean you always need to work on your width if you're a figure girl um, but yeah just yeah all round your yeah, quad suite is important and <laughs> my right quad needs to <laughs> get get, um, get her uh, get her size back but she will <coughs> um, with time but yeah it's pretty much yeah but yeah, you look at like the Olympia figure girls and that's next level yeah um, Yep. they're like better conditioned they're bigger than the guys here <laughs> you know yep. that's what she won like how many times in a row i don't know um six or seven
2: something mm. like that ridiculous
1: yeah
2: mm. um yeah yeah and it's a a, <laughs> a lot of these classes like figure is a genetic component as well like they need to have yeah. like, a tiny waist broad shoulders um and again like when you're looking at it you don't want overdeveloped legs or glutes like it's not that's not what you're getting judged on so yeah, mm. understanding you know, how I should train, what I should be working yeah. on. Yeah,
1: you've to, got to train specific.
2: Yeah, there's no point,
1: yeah, you know, true. trying to get it bulky as core because that's just going to take away from your taper, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty blessed with my gen, uh, midsection genetics. So, shot mum yeah. and dad. I don't know how you did it because <laughs> you guys have never, I've never seen you guys with six packs but I'll take it. <laughs> Now, my dad's actually doing pretty well, eh? He's um, dropped off in a bit of, like, body fat and listens to good podcasts and got himself into physical activity, which has really helped his um, mental well-being, which is great. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much figure in a nutshell.
0: Do we want to dive just a little bit, because you talked a little bit about genetics, and genetics is always going to play a role. How would you... Uh, let's good example um with moldy and pacific islanders uh you might say generally there's a genetic tendency to like a wider bone structure or stockier framing if someone mm-hmm. is a stockier framing versus a petite framing what sort of considerations should they have about what classes is appropriate for them or where they could get their optimal and this is appreciating that everyone is individual and you can you know by appreciating that fact
2: i think like for my side, it's difficult on structure point, right? So, you know, if we look at open bodybuilding, uh, a guy who won seven Olympias in the row probably has the narrowest structure in any men's open bodybuilder named Phil Heath. Uh, yet he, I would consider one of the best that's ever mm. existed. Um, that's his ability to put on muscle, his insertions of muscle, the way it, it looks, his conditioning the way even just the skin looks like it's, it's such a unique look that you look at it and go, geez, this guy is, you know, 235 pounds, 240 pounds, which may seem like a lot to people, but he's beating people who are 270, 280 on stage, um, mm. purely down to the, like the insertions, the way his muscle looks, but he's narrow. He's not wide. He's not a big guy. Um, I, I would take myself into like that as well. That I'm not a, I'm oldie, but I'm not a very wide person. Uh, but what I would worked on was going okay I'm gonna develop the crap out of my delts. I'm gonna build a very wide back I'm gonna fill out my chest to give that illusion that I'm I'm bigger than I actually am and especially like when I don't look when I'm in clothes you don't see what it looks like when i when I take clothes off. so um, that's a component and you know I, I, the easiest way for me in like a, in a bodybuilding sense is put on 30 40 pounds you know put on tissue and then diet down and see what you've built and then and continue to do it year after year and you'll you'll eventually get to a point where you go okay this is the class i may suit or you know this is what i look like so there's components on that um i think structure plays a, a big role in classic uh because it's such a it's a unique look where you're looking at that like 70s mm. look of you know they want wider shoulders they don't want super massive legs flaring legs Tiny waist stuff. it's such a yeah, tiny waist. And those are things where, like, if you've got really broad hips and a large, you know, structurally waist, you may not be bloated, but your waist is quite big, you're not going to fit that class. That's not – that's just – you're not going to do well. Like, you can't uh, add tissue on to remove tissue from your waist. Like, it's just it's, – it is what it is. So those are considerations for me. Um, and then, you know, it comes down to the stage presentation, the look – uh, again, we talked on Men's Zeke. Like, there's such a certain look that I touched on when, when you were just off before about Ryan Terry, who I think is like the ideal Men's physique, uh competitor, and I think that's the look. Uh, he doesn't necessarily win the Olympia, but when you look at him, you go, "Okay." When I think of Men's physique, that's who I think. That's 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 the guy I go to. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of aspects. Of,
3: yeah. yeah. And
0: would you say? Well, from gauging from that, it's it's not a limiting factor, would you say, uh, based on petite or wider build? It's not
2: like you should put yourself in a box. It's just something to consider around. It's consideration. Like you will know when you're training and and putting on weight and putting on size, how far you can go. Like you you, you find out pretty quickly. Like if you're ten years in the game and you've put on ten kilos yeah it's probably it's probably really not for you or you're just not really following the right plan um you know i was lucky uh, we talked about last time that i was always very strong i was able to put on muscle really quickly um and i'm able to lose body. 300 What? Really <laughs> <laughs> 320 now um so that's those are things we're like that's a genetic component that's something that i have Uh, so I may have never been structurally the biggest person but I have you know things that probably others don't really have that I I can use to my advantage and um, especially when I diet down and you start stripping away the body fat you go okay there's a look that this person has that you know is quite unique Um, but I wouldn't limit yourself like Jordan Peters is a great example right Um, you know he's more in that nutritional side now but when he started, he was 70 kilos, and at his heaviest, he was 140 kilos. So, you know, to double your body weight, put on that amount of tissue, and he's not a—I wouldn't say he's, he's blessed in anything. Like the only thing he's probably blessed in is mindset is crazy, and he's bloody strong. Um, yeah. But he was able to put on a lot of tissue, and because he did that, he can he could do well in shows, um, and you'll find out next year when he competes again. So, yeah, those are those are considerations.
1: Yeah, and, like, just um, coming off from that, like, work to your strengths um, as well. Like, obviously, you want to improve your weaknesses, but, like, if your strength is, like, you have the shape for figure, why would you try and do, like, bikini if your body's not really going to fit into that category, Um, you know? And, like... muscle insertions and everything like that, like people that have quite high insertions. Their taper is probably going to be one of their weaknesses, you know, but then they might have really rounded, sweepy quads. So that's their strength, you know. So when you're posing on stage, obviously posing is an art itself, but like when you're posing, you want to make your figure or your physique look as best as you can like pose it so that you're showing your strengths and try and hide those weaknesses away and then obviously work on those weaknesses so that they become strengths and everything's more balanced in that sense it's
2: always illusion like like that posing and everything on there is you know you you could be the smallest guy on stage but you can pose in a way to (laughs) make yourself look bigger than someone or you know make their waist look a, a lot bigger than yours and yours is tighter and there's so many things that you can do to just edge people out. And I think, you know, when we go back to the question around considerations for prep, that's probably the thing that people don't do at all. Cause like they're so focused on the dieting down, the, the training, the cardio and all of that. And it goes, oh, posing, I'll figure it out in the end.
1: Um, Posing's so important, man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. if you can't present yourself, then how are you going to, you know, that's, that's, that's what the judges are looking at at the end well, of the day
2: how many times have you seen people on stage winded and and tired and sweaty and, yeah.
1: Do can't hold it yeah do that shit yeah do that shit so it looks effortless
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah um, exactly
1: but so. yeah also like how you were saying you know Uh, JP, how he's gone from like seventy to one hundred forty kilos. Like being a female, I don't do that. So like with all the phases you're talking about, how you get to when you're at heavy body weight, like struggle with sleeping, with breathing, putting shoes on. Like that's something that I don't think like I'll ever have to deal with personally because it's
2: not your class either, though.
1: Yeah, I'm not putting on twenty kilos of muscle, you know. Like unless I move up to women's physique at some point, I'm not really, really like attracted to that, you know. Like I love the poses, but I'm more, you know, I see my potential more figure as well. Like, you know, maybe in my off-season at some point I might get to 70, maybe. Yeah. But stage weight's probably always going to be relatively similar because every time you're getting leaner, um, you know, so you're going to be holding less body fat, you know, and when you mm-hmm. get true stage lean, it's not like, you know, you're going to put on five kilos of stage muscle when you weren't even lean enough last time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not until you yeah. get proper stage conditioning where you're like, okay, now I'm like want to put on more muscle every time kind of thing. Like I think that's my stage weight. Yeah. Oh, you go.
2: I was just gonna say that's why it's important that it's a look, not all it's not a yeah. body fat. It's progress a, photos.
1: Uh, not your weight. Yeah,
2: it's pro- it's progress photos and, so
1: many females. No.
2: No, it doesn't really exactly. Yeah, so many females yeah, exactly. get too
1: obsessed with the scales, right? fuck the scales yeah. it's how yeah. you look you know it's body doesn't, composition it, yeah
2: it doesn't matter at all like the scale for me is it's a data point like it's yeah. a good thing to, to use like it's definitely a, a measuring tool like you don't want to see fluctuations like crazy every day and you don't want to see it trending upwards but you don't want to solely rely on that like if if the, the scale is saying something and the look is spot on then that's, that's yeah. what you go for exactly yeah
1: Exactly. Um, Should I quickly touch back on the mental cues thing? Can I do that? go ahead. Um, Sweet. So, yeah, back to what you were saying, Logan, like your why is really important, like why are you doing this? Um, Just like anything in life, if you're not interested in something, like for study, putting them into a study perspective, if you go and study something because someone tells you to and you're not interested in it, you're most likely not going to succeed, right? So, you know, your why um, needs to be, big enough and you really just have to be passionate. You know, you gotta love the sport to do it. And if you don't, then you're not gonna you're not gonna go far in it, right? Like if you truly love the sport, if you truly embrace the suffering, if you truly um, you know, want to reach your goals and want to push yourself. That's what I love about bodybuilding. Like I love the challenge in it. I love pushing myself to new limits. I love the feeling of getting up after it heavy as fuck set hard and know that I got you know extra extra reps and like one big thing for me is like visualisation before a set like if you go into it like you kind of know what you want to hit before you already go in it's like oh I want this today you know because you've been thinking about it all mm. week and if you're not nervous before a leg day and like nearly shitting yourself then <laughs> are you even like you know pushing yourself <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. um, and you you know like there comes to a point where obviously sometimes you might be like, Okay, I want two plates and you do your last warm up and it feels fucking hard. Like you know it's not there today, so it's like, okay, cool, I've got to pull back today, it's just not there. That's that's those cues that you need to know on the day. But yeah, like you need to have that passion. Just like everyone's got their niche, like our niche is obviously bodybuilding. Someone else's niche could be I don't know, you know, I can't really think, just anything random, you know. So this is our niche and what we enjoy what we embrace, and I think yeah. you and I, Logan, we really take pride in what we do, we really take pride in our training, you know, you can you can talk all the shit you want, but when you're training, that's that's when the actions speak, that's what shows shit, like, okay, this girl could train with intensity, or shit, yeah, he's, fuck, he's strong, what is he, yeah. like, 100 kilos and he's deadlifting, 300, over 300, yeah. you know, that shit's impressive, and I've always been actions speak louder than words, so yeah i've never yeah, been one to like um talk you know like i'm gonna go on and i'm gonna win over yeah i'm gonna do all this like yeah like you know what are you doing you just gotta put so much pressure on yourself like like you say go on with no expectations and be fucking humble you know yeah
2: yeah yeah Agreed. like i even on training things like there's so many times where i'm gonna go this is gonna suck really bad this is this is hard this is possibly gonna kill me um And I just do it because it's, it's like that, that to me is fun. Like I love, I love that, um, that That aspect of just like, this, this shit is, this shit's crazy. Um, And it's funny though, that we talk about this, like we, we train hard, right? I've got a good mate of mine who went to school with me. Um, His name is Chris and he just did an ultra marathon probably two months ago, hundred case. And he, you know, he, he posted that. I'm like, bloody hell 100 k's like, i could never imagine running 100 k's that that is that to me is insane like that mm. that makes my 300 kilo deadlift look like a pussy like i'm like dude you yeah you, you couldn't even see mm. me run 20 um and yeah mind you like he, tra- he trains for it really really hard and, and does a lot but it puts things into perspective that everyone has like a passion of what they're really good at so just mm. really go for it you know yeah adhere to what you want to do and and <laughs> Don't let people tell you that you can't. Like, I was told in school that, you know, I used to get laughed at for bodybuilding and like eating a lot during class and like doing things. And I'm like, well, now, um, you know, where I'm at, and those same people are messaging me and going, oh, can you give me advice? Can you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, sure, because I'm not a dick. But I do remember 10 years ago when you you were a dick. So, yeah, they
1: look at you like, oh, shit, he's huge now. You know, like, don't put someone down for what they love and then. If someone does put you down, you're just not even going to give two fucks about what they say because you're so you, – you just love what you do 100%. No, I, I
2: think – I, I love people having passions for things like, you know, I've, I interviewed someone a few weeks ago for a, a role in my company and he talked about his passion around um, the ocean and, like, you know, astrology and and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's, that's something really cool that you're really into that and done a lot of study and, you know, something you're very passionate about and i said to him like don't you just carry on do what you love to do like who cares like mm. there's no one you know, no one really should have an opinion on what you do
1: yeah and it's like flicking that switch eh, hey, when you're training it's like oh what yeah. i've been saying to myself lately i was like what is pain pain's nothing like i legit say that to myself while i'm doing my set yeah. because i'm like fuck i've broken my femur man this is jack shit you know <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and it's see like even um I guess for me, I'm actually going to ask Thomas a question. Um, what got you into the nutritional side of things? Because for me, like your knowledge, and I'm always, I'll drop you a message, and you know, I took, I messaged you the other week about my sleep, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, you know, you know what I'm, I'm doing in terms of mm. training and, and things that were affecting it. Um, but it's super interesting to me, like the level of knowledge you have, and you post articles all the time, and. You know, I always see you like self improvement and, and studying and upskilling and it's inspiring. learning something different. But like, yeah, it's really <sighs> it's so interesting. So, kind of, what got you into that aspect? So, probably things to clarify and what many people don't know about me because
0: even though I'm on social media a lot and it's it's kind of a, it has to be as part of the business, um, but uh, I agree with the action speak louder than words. What I do in the background is a lot of study on it's it's to be honest not even that much on nutrition it's more pharmacology um so what i what my true personal passion is is looking at when we ingest compounds and it could be a simple like it does include things like glucose or um, fatty acids etc but what is that pathway of how it comes into our body Uh, how is it absorbed what sort of time frames are we dealing with what sort of factors influence that absorption all of those that technical side that is that's what gets me fired up Um, I absolutely love it so then what my personal passion side is is that yeah just chipping through like here's an interesting compound that is not well explored yet or certainly not well explored in the mainstream most of what uh, I talk about this with Sean quite a lot too. Uh, people think we're doing super special stuff. Uh, we're not. We're honestly, we're not. We're looking at what is done well in other countries like the UK and America. And most of the time, it is still quite niche, but New Zealand is quite behind. And so, things like Apigenic, which you've responded quite well to, like that's that's been around the block like it's been around a long time
3: yeah. uh
0: and we were it's, it's just kind of blown up a little bit more recently because of some big influential people human talking about it but we've got a wealth of information that we can rely on there and so i guess what i really enjoy is looking at what is available the information that we can it's just sitting there like all these guys have worked so hard they spent their life uh, dedicated to research which might take five years literally and then they, pay, like they publish one paper and then mm. instead of reading that everyone is watching TikTok videos uh, which to me I, I get it but it's a um, it's missed and so what we need is more people mining that information and trying to sift it through for the practical application.
2: Do you feel like, because um, I think you've seen him a little bit now, Derek yeah, is, always, a, is a lot more light to this stuff, because he yeah. seems to be, that's his passion, what I can see. Um, yeah. And some of his stuff is really interesting, like listening to what he talks about. Um, a lot of it, I, I agree on, like the sustainability stuff, is I got from him. Um, yeah. On, on checking for, for kidney markers. And do you feel like that plays a good impact on what you're trying to do? Or
0: Yeah, he, he's a massive help, actually. And um, I, 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 I frankly, I view him as another dude who's doing his best to get through that information and sift out what, what can be practically applied. And mm. it's not always going to be perfect, just like when I find perfect. something, it's not always going to be perfect. But um, he's, he seems to be genuine in his intent, and I appreciate that. And interesting notes is that he's his first like commercial products, and I've been watching him for a long time, that's because of it. His first commercial products were Gorilla Mind. I, believe. Yeah. I, I think that was his first. And that's yeah. a, a very cool nootropic formula. And when he released it, that was at least like nootropics were a thing in the niche communities, but they were not mainstream at all. So you could say, to some degree, he was ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. So things like that is where I can see he's not just some dude who's you know playing the algorithms and playing this game, trying to be big shot now. He's stayed true to that all the way along. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really do appreciate him on that. I think there's some things like um, you see in his pump and his stem freeze there's some overdosing of citrulline in my opinion, unless yep. unless you're literally giving it to massive meat monsters. There's a lot that could be discussed about those pathways that yeah. taking in too much at once can actually result in your body's response to try and crack down nitric oxide and then people deflate real quick. So yeah. some of those really high citrulline formulas, I'd say, is only appropriate for someone who needs to train for Forty-five
2: minutes, and then expect their pump to be deflated. Gone. Um, yeah. But I that's, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Sorry, I you, was just going to say, I find it interesting. I don't know if you know that he owns Marrick Health. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that interesting that he's gone down that pathway and is really helping bodybuilders in terms of analyzing blood work, and um, yeah, it's quite interesting to see what he's ventured into.
0: I think that's the. I it's almost a demonstration of uh, how serious he is about the because it's the logical next step because it's getting quantifiable information to make some decisions based off. because mm. quantified information is everything, but it is, it provides a very valuable foundational framework, which you can make decisions well,
2: based off. It's tangible. That's, yeah. I think mean, that's the, the key to it is like, people need to understand like if it's not tangible then it's very hard to to say what works and it's the same thing as like we go to a prep um and let's just i'll just say peds for example people throw the kitchen sink at themselves in a a prep and you have no idea what's doing what and what's working where you could have probably reduced it by half and actually figured out what's working so um i'm not going to talk on compounds or anything like that but you see it all the time and you. You look at people in prep and prepping going geez like you're 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 doing a lot and like some things are counteractive to and just like nootropics right like there are things that counteract other things so why would you take them together yeah um yeah. it's I, the same with peds
0: i think uh, part of it is just an overly rushed mentality and we have this issue with nootropics and frank am all supplements where people they have an idea and then they want to jump on it and hit hundred percent of their capability all at once but what they should recognize and this has come up on the theme multiple times in this conversation is that you kind of you need to push for a while and work out how your body responds and stuff and then like maybe have a pause to analyze and think like hey how have we responded so in terms of pvds i would say like why are you throwing the entire kitchen sink at when you don't even know how you respond to any of these individual compounds? Um, like, get some data on yourself. Expect that you're not going to be the biggest dude in New Zealand or, like, on a global stage. And even, like, five years would be crazy fast.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, least you're right. It's genetic. Well, unless you're a hyper responder where yes you know things like they're a hyper respond like jordan peter's like i don't want to bring him up all the time but he's a hyper responder in the way that his body can clear drugs really well and his blood work is not really affected by and he posts his blood work online and you look at him and go okay here's a guy who he's quite open with what he's taking you're like geez if anyone else took this their blood work would be screwed um so Part of what I'd say,
0: yeah, it's like how much groundwork has he done and history has he done over time to know get that you. he can push that point and get to that point? Uh, we is because we always see, even if people are seeing stuff early, um, we, we're seeing people on their come up, maybe if you're an early watcher, and then you're seeing them at the peak and um, thereafter, but how many years was jordan peters a
2: nobody how many oh, how much time years. so many. yeah like he he was the pioneer of the online app for like bodybuilders and like blogs mm. and um he started all that like i remember him talking about a subscription service and he had about five thousand members a few years yeah. ago uh, paying monthly and i worked and i was like geez he's making a lot of money from this and from that he you know, he built his clothing line and now his supplement yeah. line. I would probably say his supplement line and has probably got the most skews in terms of a UK brand now. Um, yeah, it's certainly
0: coming up there. It's yeah, uh, in terms of in terms of UK brands that I would consider as real players, not just um, yeah trying to milk general consumers of money. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Supplement needs does have a lot of SKUs too. Frankly, Strom's yep. getting quite out there now as well. Yeah, um, thought, yeah
2: Strom is. Um, man, it would be interesting to get Rich on one day and, and talk to him around his, his mindset because it's uh it's yeah, adju-
0: I, yeah, I will actually. I'll see if I can tee that up. That would be very fun um, getting him in a conversation with yourself, I think. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of insight there, and, and it's also an example of how much information and stuff goes on behind the scenes. And things like, um, that we like it just doesn't appreciate it, but um, I think JP has done an extremely good job of the uh, transferring the well, has got going behind him on the bodybuilding side to helping people understand their supplements, and and yeah. as a result, that's why we're seeing his line do so well and continue to increase. Um, he he's also very in touch with. The trends, that's yeah. what I would say. And, and that's part of everything. Um, you can't build a business without that. Even, I, you know, I, I love, as we kind of discussed, and I nearly dropped into nerd hole of pharmacology. I love that stuff. But yeah. there's a point where I need to appreciate, hey, this is what people want right now. And so I've got uh, maybe a dozen compounds and other things that I'm looking into right now but the time is not right um, yeah. it's people people wouldn't appreciate it and so you've, you've got to have that balance between presenting what is unique and and topical so that it can be received because if it's not received that's you haven't succeeded like someone might say oh I made the best product ever and no one appreciates me anyway that's your fault like yeah. that is, that is on you because the market is the market and the people yeah. are there and people want good products. I guess it's not like they don't want them. You've just yeah. got to be able to present it to them. So
2: yeah. And uh, use your platform correctly. Like I think yeah. with JP, he was very smart and building, like he's not a pro, but he mm-hmm. built a brand around himself, his name uh same with rich like he's built strong like i think it's strong now in the last two years it's grown a lot yeah um and And it's continuing to grow and what's interesting about these uk guys like uh rich for example is like he supports his competition um and they all support each other and they all speak highly of each other where any other supplement brand wouldn't do that they don't like you know it's uh it's interesting
0: and that—that's almost one of those reasons why, I guess, they do stand above the rest, and that's why those are focuses for us because at least, like, they're appreciating real quality or, or that unique angles and such. And yeah. um, we, I can, I can poke holes at every brand, including Strong, um, and that's probably saying a lot because, like, we are joining Strong, but yeah. That's any self-aware uh, individual should be able to poke holes in what they are doing and knowing how they should do better, and that will translate to bodybuilding or business or anything. Hmm. Um, yes. Did you have any yes. other questions down that line? I think
2: we've lost Georgia. She, yeah, may, have been, yeah. she, she may have may have gone for a second. No, and, um, it's to me, it's like I, I'm just interested in people's interests. Like I. Yeah. I like to see what got them into it um, and, you know, where the, where their journey going. And, like, we met last year, and um, mm. I knew as soon as I spoke to you, I was like, this, more people know need to know who this guy is. Like, mm. I, I spoke to you, and it's like this, there, and I, I still speak about you a lot to people and mm. say, like, he's mm. very uh, under the radar, and I know you don't like to be over the radar. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's too much problem. exposure, but, um, yeah. <laughs> But the knowledge you have around what certain things like I remember I told you around last year I was struggling to focus and you gave me uridine and I was like holy shit like this this stuff works like this is uh and you know it's it's simple but yeah because it's not fancy or uh, you know doesn't have a, a cool name attached to it mm. people don't really look into it and
0: and. That is that is really that's one of those big business considerations that uh, I think I'm only just now able to utilize a bit more is that people will just take me at my word nowadays. Yeah. Um But uridine is something that's been a core part of nearly every day for me. For like it's it's probably one of the most core supplements I've had in my life for over three years, probably more like four years. I found it pretty. Early on, and in terms of um, well, not too early because I guess I've been into new companies for a while, but um, but like our business has been going to shy of five years, um, and what people are seeing now, we probably get a question a couple times a week, like "Oh, are you new? like I've never seen you guys. It's like, no, we've been we've been building up, but I understand that it's not their fault that they haven't seen us because we need to bring up our exposure with. Um, I I suppose a very big part, and uh, probably like yourself, is that social media can be a big distraction. And Mm. so I find it very hard to manage that in a way that I can keep people up to date and present them with interesting information Mm -hmm. and also continue to do the work that allows me to have interesting information like it is it's one of those things where ideally you have a budget for someone that can do that for you but then you can lose touch with it and stuff like that and so um probably what we could discuss on just a tiny bit is like for me my interest i i also like you i'm I'm looking for people's interest. I'm just eating a meal, really so I'm going to turn my camera off, but I'm still listening. Yeah, you're to leave it on. Yeah, yeah sure? Yeah, this is bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. appreciate you? What are, you, oh, what are well, you eating?
1: Oh, okay, so this is my high day. Yeah. So we have chicken, rice, and green beans. This is a pre-workout meal going in, and then, yeah, I'll figure out what pre I'm going to run today, eh?
0: Yeah, me. <laughs> me.
2: Um, yeah,
0: yeah uh, but...
3: I think
2: with
0: it where was I, uh, essentially with the business, uh, what we're trying to focus on very much now, and it's taken us years to really found, find our feet on that balance between what people, what is in demand and what people need assistance with and what we're willing to provide and help with. Mm. Um, so now we've put a big focus on what can we provide in a unique manner to new Zealand that is not supported currently. And that is many of these UK brands. But then also in formulations, um, what is what's what's quite targeted in approach? I with when, when, I'm not too interested in they're very generic. We'll have those standard formulations. Uh, good example like the C Bump um, that's come out. It's it's a good formula pre. Uh, but it's also Pretty much the stock, uh, what I would call like the American pre formula. Yep. Um, so, if you get kind of fussy, not fussy, but people like myself, they're looking at pre formulas all the time. I'm like, there is nothing special in that stack to me. No, it doesn't provide a unique. It's it's just a
2: good American pre formula, and yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I think um, on pre's like for me is once. Much- once they were figured out on what's effective, they're all very similar. It's all boring to me. Like, pre workouts are, are pretty boring. Like, they, I find yeah. Strom's approach different. Like, they use different ingredients. They have a really unique Stimu, stimu Max pro, um, product. It is hmm. it is quite different and it's good. Um, yeah. But they all are pretty similar. Like, they're not, you know, and yeah, that stuff even, is not interesting to me. <laughs> even these
0: days, um, and Richard could probably chat a little bit on history of different people doing formulations but uh max used to be much more unique than it is now everyone right. has kind of adopted that approach pretty hard and you can say it's hard to say who read that charge or whatever it doesn't matter we're all there now um what i appreciate about the strong sports line and richard working with richard is like myself he's looking for okay where can we find something new and provide a unique value? And we're not just talking about what's a new branded ingredient that we can market. We're talking about what's a different lever that we can pull. So in extra, for example, is an ingredient that's really coming onto the market now. And mm-hmm. that's because it, it does have a really unique focus field that complements and well with stimulants. And... And there was there was a need for that. Um, there's a bunch of ingredients that do provide that focus feel, but in the extra, I think it's it just really complements in with pre-stack, where much like uridine, um, it can help that lock in feel. And that's that's the sort of stuff that I'm always looking for, is that where can we get those little wins? But you might not choose uridine in that situation because uh, I think uridine we have a bit of a case of we have really good responders and some people are non-responders it's it's a very um, segregated
3: yeah. camp yeah.
0: and so that's that's almost why it's not a good mainstream ingredient if you are trying to do a pre-workout yeah. that you're trying to let as many like hit a large audience with mm. uridine isn't the best ingredient for that um, some people it can tip them way overboard and some people won't even notice it uh, and yeah. But then you get a few individuals like myself. And um, so, like, Case Point, Campbell from Unbroken Performance. He's not a hyper responder to urity. Taurus Nutrition Coaching. He's like, he's probably textbook like me. I, I remember the first time he described it to me because I didn't let him, I didn't really, I tried not to tell people what's going on too much and try to let their feedback come in raw. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you and I, you know exactly what I feel. It's like I could disappear for four hours when I'm using urine as an full time session. So yeah. yeah, I'm the yeah.
2: same. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I think that's a big part of appreciating formulation is that, and again, that applies to bodybuilding and diet and everything. Is that unique? The variation between humans is massive, like mm. person to person. We're dealing with so much. Mm. Here's some base things like nitric oxide pathways that we can rely on to be really reliable you just gotta alter those things
2: and stuff yeah but um a good case yeah yeah. i was just gonna say for me like i'm just using a pump formula at the moment Mm -hmm. no stem because of what i'm taking in the morning there's no Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't want to there's no need for you to add no i don't don't need to stem myself out to the max so Mm -hmm. i'm using that combat fuel one which i find quite good good amount of glycerol in it like it's um um, a good pump forward and I'm like it does its job. Uh, good yeah. price market uh, bracket as well, so it's not overly expensive um, and solid ingredients. So it's it's, it's kind of yeah. just figuring out what you find. is it's good for your situation. There may be days yeah. where I go, okay, I need uh, a little bit of a kick, so I'll use that uh, HR Labs one. I uh, it's DFib, yeah. Yeah. Uh which knocks knocks your socks off a bit. yeah uh, but definitely not every day. So,
0: yeah, and that's that's actually a good example too. So I, I believe the HR Labs, that has an in, in extra in it, but um, yeah. but across for the most part, the HR Labs, we also have a little bit of a separation in terms of some people a, a stim tolerant person, whereas let their stems go too high for too long, uh, they don't they don't feel it at all. Whilst I could bring in a stack that has similar caffeine levels but different alternative stimulant sources like cajelia, aka sausage tree extract or yeah. walnut and stuff like that. And then they'll feel it. And so uh, that's that's just a prime case of like individual variation and also not caffeineism in <laughs> everything and frankly it's at, it's a part, I'd call it maybe half of the equation in the stem stack if the stem yep. stack
1: is like do, you run, do, not just do you run tend to run uridine alongside a pre or is it just for like mental focus?
0: So considerations are that when I'm training, I'm I'm training for lifestyle, mental health, uh, just keeping my body running. I don't uh, I don't need to run a big pre-stack up these days. I used to have a lot of fun with the high stem freeze and, and really blasting into euphoria zone and all that. But that's, um, that's, it's a short sighted when there's no real objective around it. So yeah. for me, life priorities are, um, like I'm building, uh, I've got to be sharp to accumulate knowledge and build mm. business goals and other things like that. I need to be able to regulate myself later on so that I can be there for my son and not, and not snap out because it, it uh, parenting thing which is very different to business and other our other tasks they've got to be really sharp for other tasks and stuff then somehow I need to regulate myself down to be very um, Mm. almost. uh, I've got a big buffer for parenting and that's it's a massive clash so yeah what I'd say is that anyone that isn't if training and that performance side isn't their top thing acknowledge it as not your top thing don't blast stimulants to the Wazoo, when you have no, you're not need. preparing for stage or
2: yeah. Think mm. about your need. Think about your purpose.
0: Um, well, that's the
2: for me. It's the same thing with like um, your your caffeine derived fat burners. Uh, I would save them to the back end of prep,
3: mm. where
2: energy yep. is low, and utilize them for there because the reality is like they aren't really going to burn fat like they're not they don't yeah. do kind of what they say they do in comparison to other things that you could use yes um but they're going to give you that energy to move more you know probably jack up your heart rate a bit and,
1: and sweat in turn more. you'll get that yeah, yeah i more, write them the yeah yeah i um,
0: i think a a key thing on the whole thermogenics and <laughs> fat burner consideration and i really liked that statement logan is yeah saving it till the back end um technically things like there's a lot it's like 600 milligrams of caffeine as we start to get good clinical data on improved lipolysis and the femgenics too like that they they do have literature supporting improved lipolysis however Mm -hmm. that's in novel cases or like quite narrow situation cases and also appreciating um their scope so Mm -hmm. how much are they improving so it's not going to offset a cheeseburger if you are if you are not (laughs) refined in any way don't what are you messing around with? and there's some of them like your grains of paradise that has a really cool like i I quite like the ones that work on the mechanism of they're actually increasing mitochondrial density and that's how you increase energy turnover that's a very what well, I would consider long-term healthy or healthy approach to increasing lipolysis because it's actually just increasing total energy consumption of your body mm. Mm. but uh, those, those will saturate out like there's only so much you can achieve for that and mm. as we always say like lifestyle and dietary input is going to be a way bigger lever. and so yeah. save it till the end of prep when you are honed and on that lifestyle and dietary and then yeah. it's a little extra pump of just, fuel. So you sure need that
3: energy,
2: yeah, that, yeah that energy need demand is is high so you need it for that that's when i find it beneficial like i think you know even saving your stim pre-workouts to the back end of pre uh, your prep mm. is is the best way to approach it because it's it's that mental fatigue it's that exhaustion that you may have and it's going to just push you past uh, so I think for for my side, it's it's not so much what the product is that's going to burn the fat. It's the fact that now you're at a state of oh, I've got more energy to move more and train harder and do things. So now I'm losing fat. Uh, yeah. That's the that's the positive that you're, mm. you get out of it. And you know, I, I saw some adverts from some guy on Instagram the other day saying he took Oxy Shred and he can eat whatever he wants. And I'm like, you're so full of shit that
1: you know. Just have like, a black can't. coffee, brother. <laughs>
0: Okay, a black coffee is <coughs> probably, that is basically oxyshred um, yeah. in terms of mm. formulation. It's, it's just a proprietary caffeine. Formula, so we don't get to know the exact details. But just caffeine,
1: that's $90. The
0: yeah, the mix of all the other ingredients. The total amount is too low to be real doses of really, well, by real doses, I mean doses that I can expect to have Effective. real feedback on. Yeah. Or anything that someone would actually notice at the, outside the placebo sort of
2: range. Yeah. You know?
0: it's, it's hard because just, I get pissed off and kind of worked up on occasion if I'm maybe not feeling tolerant enough on the complete bullshit that is fed on the New Zealand market in terms of marketing to
1: consumers. Mm. Uh,
0: and in theory uh, they could be reported for it and do some pretty big fines and those businesses would suffer but people need to actually report them and this is the challenge and i i don't know i've got a um, no narking mentality for some reason and so i'm not mm-hmm. reporting competition but if mm-hmm. someone is saying something like you can eat whatever you want because you're having oxygen that is an outright lie it's misleading it's ru- like not ruining but it's it's negatively impacting people's lives because
1: you're misleading them
0: in a harmful way misleading information
1: is like just so terrible these days like you just get all these young kids like hooked in they think you know like some pre-workouts you know it's it's just like horrible to see especially having a nutrition background um, with like my studies you know like you see all these nutrition myths people think they can't eat carbs after 6 because they'll store body fat or it's just ridiculous. You'd actually be quite stoked, Thomas, um, at that bodybuilding seminar that I recently spoke at. Um, they supplements got brought up, and I was like, "Don't just assume. Don't just take a supplement for what it is. Like, do your research. Get some bloods done. Do you actually lack lack this vitamin or nutrient? And therefore, if you do, supplement with it. But you know, if you're just taking it willy nilly and not actually need that nutrient, then that might impair the absorption and. Of other nutrients, you know, so you've got to really be careful there. And I I spoke and I said, don't just, you know, buy a cheap supplement because you don't know if that's an effective dosage. Do the research, figure out what an effective dosage is for a supplement that you're wanting, and then invest in, you know, quality supplements. That's what I really like about the cave because you guys sell quality supplements that do their job, um, you know, rather than just chucking out you know misleading information and you know supplements that aren't even going to be effective because their dosage isn't isn't high enough
0: yeah and i i think on it is say with misleading information and dosing and stuff i will appreciate uh different opinions and Mm. there's uh there's also different lines of research and different ways to use things and different goals and so i will appreciate that if someone Brings that into the chat, but there is basic logical inputs that are saying something like I have oxy shred and then I can eat whatever I want. That's you can run that through a basic logical filter, and that is false. That's just categorically false, and that's where I would say yeah. that's where we need to stamp down. So it's not like we need to a lot all of the, same. Have the exact same, yeah. Like- i i don't want everyone to have the same opinion or narrative i think it's really good to have that variance and feed in different opinions but what we shouldn't do is say that because everyone has allowed their opinion that people should be encouraged in saying absolute bullshit like yeah. just categorically false. Well, gravity doesn't exist yeah bullshit.
1: the thing about social media right, is like anyone can put anything out there like i don't you know when I did was starting my social media journey I like was like oh I need a like peer review article I need to cite this with an APA reference because yeah. that's you know my study background that's but yeah, yeah. no one does that but like I know that in my like you know I'm putting out true information and yes you know not everyone may not agree with that and that is cool but that's you know what I believe to be um perceived as like the truth and and like I'm you know i'm happy for anyone to argue or to you know comment on my posts and say actually that's not right or you know argue what I, the point that i'm putting across hundred percent because i just want to you know pop out content for you know anyone you know in training nutrition Your, recovery yeah. sleep supplements you know it's
0: it's appreciating a productive discussion and uh, not everyone is going to be right all the time uh Necessarily like 100% done, but how can we slowly trend towards the right direction? And that's that's what I'm always trying to direct us. And is that at least are we helping to push things in the right direction?
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, a lot of bullshit out there. That's all I can say. Uh, but I like to, I'm pre, I'm pretty straight up. I don't care. I've got nothing to lose, so I just say it how it is. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, yeah, I think one of the challenges is there's multi layers too of uh, self regulation where you might not always want to say things because we know that it's not socially accepted, supported. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so then we have to maybe self regulate, or because we've got many other lifestyle or business or other things that need to be considered, and that uh, maybe talking about so, or I can say completely if we talk about PEDs and uh, performance harms some drugs or even I think psychedelics these days is fine it seems to be mainstream positive now but with many topics if we talk about it too much we will get stamped down like the viewership will stamp down harder. oh yeah uh, a good example is uh, if we and we don't but if we ever talked about COVID in any like talking about stuff would get crushed and so there's there's a lot of juggling in that but then you don't know where to self-regulate enough but things like pd's need talk around because people uh it's it's not my responsibility to look after everyone and stop them from hurting harming themselves but but with a lack of information people are harming themselves and so mm-hmm. i i would like to help reduce
2: that if it's harmful. Yeah. Yeah. Arm reduction is key, right? And um, yeah. I think uh, you know, in the in the field of New Zealand, it's it's pretty rampant, and um, unfortunately, that side. Uh, but it's rampant through people with no knowledge, and literally ruining others' lives um, by advising them uh, to do certain things. That I look at and go, geez, like I could not imagine someone doing this to themselves. Um, and not knowing the consequences of what's going to happen. Like, you know, if you sat a bodybuilder down who's 20 years old now and say, oh, you know, you do this, you're going to affect possibly infertility and you're not going to possibly have kids in the future. At 20, they'll say, oh, no, that's, that's fine. that's I don't care. They get to 30 and they've got a partner who wants kids now and they go, shoot, I really care now. Yeah, um, And that's sometimes, that's a, that's a like, if we summarise a consideration of prep and bodybuilding, yeah. that's a, a consideration it's like you know what's your family history like do you have a medical history of heart disease you have a medical history of kidney disease are there are things that happen in your family that you know you don't you're not aware that these things are going to affect it but like, it it's going to happen so you know i think that's something that sometimes people are very just tunnel focused on like what's cool let me get into this i i want to be huge and it's you know It's cool getting, putting the muscle on and stuff. Yeah, that's fine. But just know the consequences down the line. And um, some of us make decisions that we made and, you know, we have to live with it. And that's, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: hopefully we can push things such that, you know, these people are more informed when they go to make those decisions. So that they, yeah, I appreciate when I was younger, I did not have the same life considerations that I do now. Um, yeah. but if we can at least assist in people being aware of yeah. long term like how things may shift in their life and it's not to say there's a right or wrong in what I, I don't whatever you want to do with your life um I don't I have a completely free spectrum on someone can literally be a bum and just sit in a cardboard box all of their life if they want to that is totally cool with as long as you're not cramping on everyone else. Um, yeah. So, just just letting people know though if they do something that has the long term consequences and just assisting in that. Because if, if you can, why not? Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. Just anything um, you do in general, you have consequences, right? Like just yeah. every action you take has a co- equal, yes. an equal and opposite reaction consequence, you know? And- <laughs>
0: that's a big one in the supplements that we always like to, like there's no free passes um, most like we try to have s- some compounds, like things like say citrulline it's a pretty safe bet free pass but there's downsides to lowering your blood pressure, like say you're creating vasodilation that's lowering your blood pressure some people where they, they won't benefit from that they might already be subject to um, issues with blood blood pressure and get dizziness and other things. So,
2: mm. um, well, see, yeah, on blood pressure is actually interesting you say that. So, just talking to someone advising them because their coach was telling them to take certain things. So, I tell them sarin, um and I said, okay, what's your blood pressure? And they said, oh, it's a hundred over seventy. And then I'm like, okay, so why are you? And they say, no, oh, I need it for prep. And I'm like, you definitely don't need it. Like, yeah, yeah, you gonna tank your blood pressure and you're gonna yeah. get dizzy and you're you that's not a good thing to do like just because people say this is what i should take when i'm on prep doesn't mean you have to take that um mm-hmm. you know they were t- talking about like uh, diabetic medications and, like, metformin mm-hmm. for example and i'm like okay but what's your blood sugar and your blood sugar is within yeah. range and it's in a good place and it's like you don't need it like yeah. there are so yeah. many things you know
0: yeah, and if, say in that case, uh, if you're not improving something because it it's not, doesn't need improving, in the case of the performance, then you are taking the loss in terms of gut health because the performance informant's not great on the gut health, uh, in order to improve, improve nothing. So yeah. that's, that's the whole trade-offs thing, and in different situations, in each different situation we will have better or worse, pros and cons. And that's the whole general right? That's it for this podcast. Apologies for the abrupt abrupt cutoff. However, we did just have some technical difficulties after apparently um, Chrome didn't want to let us keep talking for too long. So, it seemed like a fitting end anyway. I hope everyone enjoyed this lesson, and uh, there'll be more in the future. So, have a listen out. That's us done.